What up, it's your boy DJ Infamous. Talk to me now. Smoke with me. And I got my partner, my co-host, my brother. He's back. I'm back, baby. Wolf of Weed Street, episode 14, man. You yeah. know, I was, I was I was feeling down for a couple days, but uh my brother, you held me down, man. I held you down, man. You, you held me down. You, you, you know, I was nervous at first. You did a great <laughs> job. You did a great job. I ain't gonna front, I was nervous. You know, I was nervous at first. Why? Because when I did my whole intro, I didn't have that Billy D voice to come out. From the rafters, yeah, you had that Billy D coming out, huh? The Billy D ain't there today. <laughs> <laughs> the Billy D voice ain't there today. Yeah, man. You feeling better? You I'm good? feeling better, man. I'm feeling 100% better, man. You know, I'm, I'm happy that we got a strong team. You know what yeah. I mean? I was able to, you know, not be there and you still carry on carry on the legacy for us, man, and keep it going, man. You know, I mean, I'm, you I'm looking me. forward to seeing them episodes myself. Yeah, I mean, you do it, you do it for me. Oh, definitely, of course. So oh, you did a couple of solo yeah. episodes? Yeah, I had to do oh, a couple of solo. Okay, okay. Yeah. He put, he, he was put like, in, the, in war, he put the soldier on your back and you just keep going, you know what I'm saying? put the wrong strand that day. Put yeah. the team on, <laughs> he put the team on his back. He oh, man. Put the team, put the team on, on my back. Good looking out, bro. Good looking out. The team gave me a pep talk and we had to go ahead and, you know, do that thing. But now, real talk, I always appreciate when you're here with me, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, man. I don't ever want to do them solo. I appreciate that, man. Well, you know, um, you know, it feels good to be in Cali. Yeah. Oh, I yeah, mean, we live in Cali. The set, the set is a little yeah. different. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you haven't noticed, yeah. you know what I mean? The set is a little different. It's a little different. You we, know what I'm saying? We had American Dope. Shout out to um, American Dope here live in L.A. You shout out Al Prophet, man. Shout yeah. out American Dope. You know what yeah. I mean? We're here, you know, not too far from Skid Row, man. You got the the the... the the, the Billy D Skid Row voice on in the day, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, welcome to LA and let's cheers to LA. You let's cheers I mean? to LA. Friday. Yeah. Thank you guys. Cheers, so so without further ado, man. Yeah. Wolf, do you want to introduce so, yeah, our so guest So without for further ado, man. This is special. This is, this is a special now, one, the, man. The reason why it's special because this is our first time Have traveling outside Cali. our studio. Yes, sir. We're in Cali. Yes, sir. our first traveling guest. You're our first California guest. Hey, thank you guys for letting me yeah. be a part of so this. So before right we now. get into that, let's, um, you know, whenever we land in Vegas, first thing we do when we touch down in Vegas. First thing we do, listen, don't even go to the hotel. <clears throat> don't even go to the casino. Don't even get nothing to eat. Go straight to Harding Cannabis Dispensary. It's the best cannabis dispensary in Las Vegas. Go straight there. We got everything you need. We got the prettiest bud tenders. We got the best pre-rolls. We got the best flower. Products that can provide discounts. The best cup gummies and the best discounts. And you never know who it's a who's who dispensary. You never know who you're gonna run into. You may run into two chains. You may run into CI. You may run into Lula. You may you run, run into DJ Infamous. I might, in there. Run into I might pull up. You might run into Sinister Monopoly. You yeah. Sinister Monopoly. Yeah, so that's yeah. our special guest of the day. Y'all make some noise. Sinister Monopoly in the building. Yeah, yeah I appreciate you. Yeah. Special yeah. guest, man. Like I said, man, it's our first episode in California, man. This is special to me because, you know. Well. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm going to give you a little background, man. You know, this is special to me because, you know, um, you know, we like to bring people on the episodes who are members of the culture, mm -hmm. people who have, you know, uh, swam with the sharks and, and wrestled with the bears and, and made it through on the other side and, and can turn a negative into a positive. You know what I mean? Um, we had Dante West on here. He was an incredible story <clears throat> of turning a negative into a positive through cannabis. And again, you know, we've um, we've we searched through the Rolodex and, um, you know, we have to present to you guys a story unlike no other. You know, a personal friend of mine, somebody who's been a, a victim of this war on drugs, somebody who has, you know, done their time, uh, somebody who has, you know, um, uh, completed their uh, 
your sentence and is out here and has a lot to say and has an incredible story. No other than Sinister Monopoly. Oh, hey. yeah. Hey, good looking on that. I appreciate you. Hey, thank you so much. Happy, happy, happy you here. Yeah, man. I, it's a blessing to be here with you guys. I appreciate you, you know, hitting me up and, and our relationship. It means a lot to me. You know what I mean? Like <clears throat> what you do in the cannabis industry. And, you know, I'm just I'm glad to be here with you. And and that's my first time in you and I meeting. And, and like. We're in, we're in a good vibe and a, and a good thing at the moment. So I hope you guys stay till the end, man, because it's going to be a good one. We're going to oh, yeah. we're going to be lit right now. We're going right? to cover a lot of, you know, yeah. I mean, this is this this story and his case <clears throat> is going to be uh, very eye opening. Right. You know, what I mean, um, you know, it's important for me to also say this like. Hold on, man. You smoking with me today? Are you smoking? Yeah, hold on. Oh, it's yet? Friday. It's Friday. Yeah. We're smoking. Hey, what are, what, how's, the, how's the movie? You ain't got shit to do. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Five some boxes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Smoke with me, brother. Smoke ah. with me. Look at that So, you know, before we get into your your, your story, yeah. you know, um, um, you know, I hear a lot of these youngsters talking about, you know, they moving weight. I hear a lot of these youngsters talking about they, they got boxes. Um, they're doing, they're, they're doing this, they're doing that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, before we get into your story, it's just important for me to let everybody know that's watching. Like, you know, I, I hear people talk and say, hey, they're the biggest, they're this, they're that. You know, uh, again, you know, um, that's all relative, mm -hmm. you know, to me. And, I, and I'm and I'm going to stand on this and I'm and I'm going to stamp this. You know, to me, you have to be able to change the change the weather in a whole state. You know, my hat's off to y'all. That's that's doing your thing in your neighborhood. You're doing your thing on your street. But when you can come to a whole state and turn a whole state on, right. it's levels. It's levels to this game. Right. So that's what we're gonna get into. You know what I mean? We're gonna get into sinister monopoly. We're gonna get into somebody who can come and turn a whole state. Used to be able to come and turn a whole state on. Mm -hmm. Detroit, Atlanta, Los Angeles. <laughs> so no disrespect to nothing anybody's out there doing. Right. No disrespect. When you tell me you're the biggest or you tell me you move weight or you tell me you do this and you do that, you know, it goes in one ear and goes out the other, man. Because, you know, I know what it is to be able to turn a whole state on. And we're going to get into it here with Sinister Monopoly. Yeah, you know? No man. further ado, Sinister <clears throat> Monopoly. Yeah, yeah. So hold on. Let's let me get into this. This is what I want to do too first. See let's, let's recognize what you're known for as of right now. Yeah. As far as your artwork. And, <clears throat> you know, these these beautiful paintings and I ain't gonna lie man I'm, yeah. I'm online and I'm looking at your work man I'm t it's incredible I appreciate you know that and like, yeah, yeah. I'm saying like the uh, the ideas you put into it like this ain't no like this is thought <clears throat> put in, in an idea in detail right, very right. detailed yeah you know what I'm saying like I'm looking yeah. at the artwork that's surrounding us right now on the set and it's like this is detailed yeah this is like you know this is this is genius like, so let's speak on it. Like, yeah. what made you want to get into the art space? And then it's like you got the cannabis intertwined with it. Like, yeah, so, yeah. like let's break that down for the people that are watching. Certainly. So um, I was sentenced uh, in federal prison to 11 and a half years right. uh, for cannabis. And so <clears throat> while I was there to help, like, you know, pass the time, they had um, a hobby shop and the mm -hmm. hobby shop allowed, you know, you could purchase like painting, like canvas, paintbrushes, paint through commissary mm -hmm. once a month. 
And then we had like a hobby locker. <clears throat> so while I was there, I was kind of like just, you know, trying to teach myself and, and go through the, the rough points of being a beginner right. in anything, right? And let's say maybe um, maybe Haas would get a locker next to me and he might paint a painting and like, ah, oh, you know, it's just too much. Right. And so I overcame that and I painted for about seven years straight mm-hmm. in federal prison. And all the while I painted, I was kind of like teaching myself and gearing myself up to be, you know, a painter when I hit the streets and almost like it's a savings account. Like I had 150 paintings <laughs> at, my, at my family's house. Right. And it's like a jump off, right? And I kept telling myself in my head and I was planning out, you know, and like some forward thinking. Right. So while I was incarcerated, it just was something to kind of help pass the time. Like in the morning, I get up with the homies, we do our burpees, our workout. And then through the rest of the day, I would go to the hobby shop and then just, you know, shoot, shoot the stuff with everyone else around me. You might be next to me and we're joking and laughing and I'm making art. And so fast forward, I've been out of um, the feds now three years. And since I I hit the streets running, I had a couple art galleries that hit me up and my artwork started selling because of my backstory within, you know, the culture of cannabis. Right. Yeah. And that's how I took off. So that's let's dope. Let, let, let's um that's dope. Oh, yeah. that's dope because you're locked up. Yeah, and there's a million things that you could come up with to do, or what you want to go into. You could get a degree in the thing. Yeah, you but you chose yeah. art. Yeah, that's dope. Yeah, yeah. And then I started making edgy art. Like I saw something that was on TV one day about like pop art right. and the Monopoly character. Right. And I thought, you know what? I'm gonna. And I started teaching myself about building a collection and building a series and art and I, and I thought I was just going to do a quick run you know as a kid I was a, a DJ and I used to get into some writing lyrics right. and I used my name as like Jason so I started using Sinister ah. and as a painter I just started develop. I was going to build a collection gotcha. and I was going to call it Sinister Monopoly and then it just became so much fun and I would laugh when I paint something funny yeah. uh, and people inmates I was open population right. and if you were an inmate in my yard you could come on me like yo that, that shit is funny as hell you need to do this and yeah. paint that and you just out there yeah, painting and, just paint. and sometimes I might have like 15 people gathered around me right. and I'm just in a moment just going listening to my mp3 player right. and, and people just you know trip and, and so uh, you know and as soon as I hit the streets I was in a, a halfway house in Watts and mm-hmm. our gallery hit me up on Instagram and I was like let's get with it and I went and seen this person and yeah. dropped them like it's almost like the weed game I dropped them oh. like 50 50 pack of artwork and he's like can you show up on Saturday and paint mm-hmm. and I was like I'll be there and so that Saturday was the day, um, day after Black Friday nice. so people had already purchased my art right. and they came back and they were like the, uh, the gallery owner said man, are you close? When will you be here? And, he, and I was like, 20 minutes. And I got yeah. a pass from the halfway house. Uh-huh. And uh, there was already a line of people, but they didn't know me, but they had purchased my artwork early in the week. Right. Because it's Christmas. So and they stuff. saw the artwork, but they didn't know it was you. That yeah. Was you. And so when I showed up at this gallery, people were like, man, this is incredible. And then I was like signing autographs mm-hmm. in a halfway house, like two weeks out of prison. Wow, that's dope. And I was like, wow, like this, this is going down. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, so the premonition of my forward thinking before I left, I would tell inmates, like hey, maybe at one point you would hit me up and say, can you do a portrait of my family? Mm-hmm. And at one point I told no one, no, I can't do it no more. Yeah, I ended up, busy. Yeah, I ended up I having to like get into beefs over, you know, people paying me. Yeah, and, right. and then it was no fun. Like for me to paint your family, it's beautiful, 
but it's not a fun thing yeah, for me. It's not a good expression for yeah. you. So that's gotcha. cool, man. Let, let, so, so oh, let's 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 get back to the let's get back to the beginning, man. Yeah. So let's let's start yeah. in the beginning, man. So you know, um, I heard you mention you were a DJ. Um, so so take me back to the beginning. Take me, you know, what was your first hustle? What got you into the weed game? Let's re, let's rewind to that part and, and, and let sure, you speak. Sure, part of like adolescence like, and yeah, growing up. I was like, yeah, you know, when you started, you know, getting into the game and you know, what was your <laughs> first hustle? So um, I'm originally from uh, what we call here in California, Los Angeles. It's called the South Bay. Okay. Even though there's another South Bay, which mm-hmm. is like, you know, Northern Cal, right? Yes. But this is uh, like, they call it Redondo Beach, Hermosa Beach, Manhattan Beach. Mm. So I went through all my schools in Manhattan Beach and I kind of always grew up as like, um, you know, like ditching. I, like I was telling you, I had turntables. So I would mm. stay up and I would DJ late night, not right. go to school. So that kind of kicked off like, you know, not like following the guidelines of where, you know, kids and everybody need to be. Right. And so then, um, I, I, my, my dad had <clears throat> got a warehouse for, we had like, you know, toys. We were, we, he, my dad was a, an entrepreneur and doing pretty well. So he had some dirt bikes and oh. sand rails. And I was like, can I use the warehouse to like start detailing cars? And he didn't really even know what I was doing. So I, I, next thing you know, I had took this warehouse we had and I started having like people come through and now it started like ballers coming through Mm -hmm. and like growers and people moving through the city, like, you know, wanting to get rim. And so next thing you know, I had this little shop and this one cat rolled up on me and he was a local grower. And he started kind of seeing how I maneuvered and he wanted to like front me packs. So he started fronting me packs and it was lo- originally his, his. So that's how you originally got into the game was, was having like a little detail shop. Okay. Yeah. So you and like, like the, the neighborhood. Shop, yeah. Shop. Okay. It wasn't so much even rim as like mm-hmm. car stereos and alarms, but okay. it was like a little neighborhood thuggy, like a little hood okay. fucking what car year, wash. Like what, year, what year was this? Um, Man, it was like. What, what year was it? Probably not even 2000, like 99, okay. you know, 99, it was probably okay. like, you know, like I just turned 50, shout out to the old guys, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I mean? To the pioneer. No, congrats on that. Yeah, thank you. So, um, <clears throat> and then I literally was like, um, you know, working through my dad's entrepreneur, he owned dry cleaners. Mm-hmm. And so then I started waiting tables and I took my tax return and I got my own warehouse. Okay. And it was a little more thugged out. We could smoke and riffraff. We could mm-hmm. play poker. Right, and, okay. You know, and so then a, a grower came to me and he started shooting me Northern Lights. I remember and, that Northern Lights. And I was fucking was with it. And it was, it was like fire. Like everything was beautiful start to finish. Light green, super light green. Good yeah, ass. Yeah, it was very, yeah. Not much orange, you know, but mm-hmm. a, very limey. Yeah. And, and he was, and he was all about it. Like he had, um, rules. Like I had a Porsche. He was like, I can't fuck with you because you have the Porsche. He had a mini. I like van. Porsches too, man. You know, what kind of Porsche was it back then? No, nine eleven. You know, yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. Always I wide, like wide body. I, like I, I had every color, man. I'm a Porsche I cat. Like you know that. what I mean? No, I like Porsches. We might need to do a podcast on cars, right? So Shit, um, we do. Shit. So Porsches only, <clears throat> right? Porsches only. <laughs> so he didn't really want to mess with me because mm-hmm. he was very low key. Too too like literally a white shirt and Levi's, uh-huh. and like if you have Gucci on. Like you're high profile. You got a Rolex. I can't fuck with you because yeah, right. we need to be. He was moving that weight. And right. then save money for weight, a rainy baby. day. He was moving that this weight. This cat would go to his grows at like four in the morning. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like he was so stealth about it. And it trips me out in today's world how we have Instagram trappers. Right. And they're like, you know, verify me. Whatever. Yeah. And, and it's a trip. And the world we live in, 
I was more like yeah, that Instagram everything. trap. I'm glad you said that, man. That Instagram trapping, that's a whole new wave, man. Man, I, I tip I, my hat to you youngsters doing that shit, man. But you know, wait until you know, the people pull out. We, we got some, <laughs> you know, we got some old school ways, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Much, much love to you, Instagram trappers, man. Yeah. Sending the videos, sending the menu, sending the menu. But you know, don't let them people uh, don't don't do them people work for them. That's do all I want to say. Let the people. What you just said? Yeah. Don't do them people work for him, man. kicked in, my bad. <laughs> so, man, you you, you, you flam me with the Porsche. Dude got the packs, man. So then I noticed, I think he, he did a juxtapose, and he started copping, like, indoor hydroponic from Canada. Uh-huh. And then okay. he would roll up on me, maybe. And I wasn't moving much back then, maybe, like, a 100-pack. Okay. But that 100-pack might have, like, hash plant, juicy fruit, sugar bear, all these different like strains of that era. Afghan. Yeah, and so Afghani. I could pull up on you. You could be the homie and I would yeah. like even be like, you're like, oh, let me get a 10 pack and I could literally give you one pound of every ten color. 10 different strains. 10 different colors, flavors, yeah. whatever, right? right? I was like the ice so you cream was the flavor. You was the flavor guy the back menu, then. The menu, right? Yeah. I was like the Amsterdam menu, yeah. right? But then some people. Hold on, hold on, hold on, slow down, slow down. That's a yeah. good point because I feel like, you know, everybody's like flavors, 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 but mm. you know, shit. We've been having menu. I mean, it's been so many, like, you know, going back up in the hill, back in, uh, up in the day. Like, I mean, there's AK-47, Alaska Thunderfuck, yeah. Northern Lights, fucking so many Afghani. At, you know what I mean? There's so many strains that used to be back then. Maybe right. they weren't all purple and all, you know what I mean? Uh, had all the color on them. But there was, you know, train wreck. Yeah. I mean, you know, headband. One that wasn't that good, but would roll just a grip of them what? hard and heavy was what? Juicy Fruit. Juicy Fruit. I don't, I don't know, know if you know. And, and then fruit. they also had another strain called Jamaican that was like, yo, I feel like it's Juicy Fruit and they're flipping the name because uh, they flooded Juicy Fruit out so much. Right. But Juicy Fruit really had like a yellow color like the wrapper. How much was the packs back then, man? How much? Did you, you talking about 400 <laughs> pack back then. That was about. Four thousand. Yeah, 4, so I might retail it. I might retail it at like a forty-two, and maybe I even got it at like a thirty-eight or a thirty-five back then. You know. So um, during that time, there was this interesting thing that took place, and so I was at this dude in L.A. and, uh-huh. and he messed with like you know L.A. Um, actors, you know, like more of like you know hanging out, like oh you know I'm, he'll help him do the errands, but he was in their mix, right? Yeah, but yeah. also like a weed type of dude. Yeah. And I'm rolling by, and and, and, and when I would cop from the can- can- Canada, mm-hmm. we had a grading system where we had it's B grade, which uh-huh. is low, right? An A grade, which is regular, and then we had triple A. Uh-huh. So I always told these bros, I, I need triple A, uh-huh. but they're like, you got to take. Everything yeah. across the board. Gotta take that. But sometimes you, too. Could, yeah. Sometimes you could take a B that was a lower price, right. and it might be a real like a triple A that got like mislabeled, and you're like, yeah, yeah, you know, I got a B yeah. that's a triple. So this is you talking about that Canadian shit, man. I, re- yeah. I remember when that Canadian shit hit the bay, man. Like, them Hell's Angels was like kind of like bringing that shit out there, all that Canadian shit, and. It was it was indoor. Like uh-huh. the packs look, they look good, but it just was like the high didn't last as long. Is that what it was? That yeah. Because people would complain and they call it like beaster, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Oh man, you just got beaster." And I was like, well, "What do you mean? I got like fifteen flavors right, of indoor right. hydro. Like, what do you yeah, got? Right. You know what I'm saying?" Right. Like, and they were like, "You got beaster." So that will lead me to say, like, so one dude, one time, I must at his place up on like Fairfax and Melrose type shit, and mm. 
and he messes with celebrities and you know and so he's like hey man i got this thing called kush and normally i i, I this is back in the day when i was a little more hands-on i'll roll up with a hockey bag mm-hmm. like 20 pounds and you might only want like one right. but i'm still hockey still bagged hockey up bag. you know i'm just like that yeah, little young cat bad, right. you know what i mean like where i go in the city i'm moving hockey bagged up you know and people are like i'm like a myth through the city like mm-hmm. yo the hockey bag guy he's right. coming yeah, you know what i'm players. saying <laughs> you know and so uh Candy this man. dude i hang out and smoke with him like how we are now and people are coming by this dude's pad and mm-hmm. they're buying ounces for like 600 a pound for like 6,000 7,000 of this kush and right. I was like what what like you know Hold on, is that your first time being introduced to kush and in this dude's crib yeah in this dude's crib yeah wow and this was probably like I don't know maybe 2005 2004 okay. something like that and so I was like wow people pay that for this and like I don't get it right but I, but I smoked it God, and I could tell the difference in the t- yeah. the high was like way oh, more escalated, yeah, right? Yeah. And so I did everything I could. I was like, yo, and I talked to the Canadians and I was like, there's this thing going on, man. People, they're buying it for 5,000. Yeah. And they were like, we don't care if you pay us more. Uh-huh. If you move more, yeah. shoot us the clones. Yeah. So now I'm trying to like navigate Los Angeles and say, can you give me clones? Can you give me, everyone's like, no. Finally, this one dude's like, hey, man, I can get some. They're like 50. And I was like, let me get 100. Yeah. I bought 100 Kush clones. I shot them up to the fucking world's biggest motorcycle gang in Canada. Uh-huh. They started spreading them. And then I started getting pissed because it's like nine months. I'm like, where is it at, bro? Right. And then, like, I would catch a load of 300, would come straight to my house in Manhattan Beach. And I would fucking, it would lay, label out. And I was like, huh, there's no Kush. And then one day, like three or five showed up and right. I jumped on there and like, yo, that's what I gave you. Because before they were like, hey, that's what you gave us. I right. was like, nah, uh, are, you, are, you, are you, there was another dude in the valley yeah. that me and him knew another can- Canadian and that me and him like would help each other if we were on a drought. Uh-huh. But we knew we flowed hard. Like right. he had his crew and I kind of knew who they were. Right. And I was like, are you getting Kush? You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And he was like, nah. And then so yeah. I eventually cracked. And then it came in like 775, it's like 75 pounds. And then before you know it, like those are gone. And every week I started, it started getting more. So now I'm getting 300, 500, 900. And this just changed my life. Because now it went from these dudes were charging me like 3,200, three grand. And I'm selling them in LA for like 52. So I can, and I felt bad. Like if I went to high school with you, and you're my homie. I remember them days. Like, you're my homie. <laughs> Shit, you might bro. only make a buck on the pound, but uh, I'm making fifteen hundred. Right. And I was like, man. So I go home and I just made yeah, like, like about that. fifty, a hundred yeah. thousand, and then the homie just I made, made five hundred. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I started feeling bad, Little but bad. I didn't feel too bad when I was pulling up in Harleys and mansions. Yeah. You know, I just said, "Fuck it," and, you know, excuse my French, and just kept. You know, mm. going with it, and then eventually, so the going crazy, man. Yeah, Kush Kush is, going the, the is going. It, it, it crazy. got to the point where. So, so hold on, man. So, so yeah, you, 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 the shit's coming from Canada. Like, how y'all getting it in? How you? How is it? How they getting it to you? I mean, so we planes, refer to trans, it, automobiles. Yeah, so we use uh, what's called PGP encryption. It's a BlackBerry. We mm-hmm. communicate encrypted, and we use like words like TP, which is transportation, right. and we use <clears> jump. <throat> like we're gonna jump tomorrow. Like today's Friday. Oh, the TP is going to jump tomorrow, meaning it's going to cross over from Canada into America. Mm. 
one of the main licks was um and, and this is like i'm not giving out game it's already like you know it's been cracked so it was a cattle trailer so it had a false bottom right where you could lift the bottom of the trailer and you could put about almost two thousand pounds right in there but at the same time through crossing into america uh-huh. a gamma um a gamma ray they can pull you to secondary mm. but gamma ray by law they can't um x-ray livestock they can't no yeah so uh, you gotta just like wave them on and like right. oh it's cattle wave it on right. but then somebody must have said something so a cattle trailer got pulled over they pulled all the cattle off right. and then eventually hit it but this truck was going like two times a week you know right. and then it was packaged to where i didn't get the whole 1700 okay this this was an so or, you almost, this you was, almost got you almost got two 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 coffins coming two crates coming man. This and, is and I just major organized crime. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna it's let y'all know y'all be talking about them boxes. You know what I mean? So we talking about crates and coffins. So imagine how much the prices were back then. Yeah. Like y'all be talking about this and that. You know, you know. I mean, a box a box right now might be what I mean today's prices should anywhere from a thousand up to two thousand bucks pounds were double that price back then yeah yeah i might drop it on you and it's five grand and i just shot you with a hundred i'm just letting the listeners like, know oh, what, yeah, what yeah, the prices exactly. were back then compared to what it is yeah, now yeah. you know what i mean like uh you know you, you're talking about almost two coffins you're talking about a couple million dollars yeah. worth of product so i just want everybody to be aware of that know that yeah so cattle trailer coming through one day it gets clipped then we're like, oh man, how do we? These beer, these dudes are very savvy with how they do it. There's been like a numbers of ways, and mm. you know whether you're using like an airplane that lands on water, whether you're using a helicopter to do a border jump, whether you're using like um, crossing over water on boats. Like Canada gets it popping in that way in yeah, that era. Sure. Right. You could maybe even use an uh, an, a- an ATV four wheeler duffel bagged up. So another thing Should they I were, heard about people sending stuff just down down the river with GPS on it in Canada. Yeah, catching that shit. Right. Yeah, there was a, a new cat that I tried back to use. in those days. Yeah. Helicopters, all type of shit was right. going on back in them days. Right. I remember using a new guy, and we we lost our hop. We call it the hop, right? Mm-hmm. So, the, so the people caught on to us. So I was trying to get a new one, and I was trying to get other people on board. So we say, can we throw on? So the hop might be like 10 people. The hop and what we're doing isn't just one person. This is like major, in in respect to Canada and the way like, and the people in the States, we tend to be all for ourselves. And we're not like our team and our crew. And, And I respect that to them. They would move in ways of like corporation. You know, and so there was one time where I was like, hey, we're trying to find a new, you know, way across and we call it the hop. And she's like, oh, I use the boat. Anyways, I was like, let's throw a couple hundred on. And this dude lost it. And he was all worried. He's like, I packed it up with no gloves. And, and, I, and he was like, and it was like, he said it was like floating on the water. So he was like in the middle of America and Canada. And he had a couple of hundred packs just floating in the hockey bags. You know what I mean? Yeah, man, that, that, that fucking, yeah, that's another lesson, youngsters. Make sure you put your gloves and your Lysol on when you're working, man. Another For lesson. Real, yeah. Another lesson from the wolf, man. Yeah. Make sure you got and, your and gloves that's all and the your lights on. From the, wolf. The, the postal service, yeah. like yeah. man, they don't they don't even gear up. They're nah, just like, you're right. Tell you them, OG. Tell them, OG. I've been in I've been in lockdown before, and I'm looking at a dude like, "What are you here for?" <laughs> and, and he's like, "Oh man, 
I put a brick in the postal service and it got clipped along the way. How'd they catch you? Oh man, I didn't have like, they got my fingerprints on the box. Cause she was already <laughs> in the system. So they yeah, got your like, fingerprints. Bro, you gotta and do better than that. they your fingerprints off the package. Oh, and, and he was already been in the feds before. So they definitely got so, your fingerprints. Yeah, man. Like, come on. So, man, so you booming the kush, yeah. man. The fucking kush is coming in, fucking flying in from Canada. Right. You booming the fucking kush, man. You're talking about almost 2,000 pounds a month. It's coming, man. Talk to me, man. What's going, what's going on, Sim? So at one point, like, the market in L.A. starts to crash because... Uh, medical marijuana dispensaries came in, right? And so oh, it, it, it tanked out the, the market. Like, it's disappointing to me now after being released from like feds. And I was like, how much is the price of a pound? And they're like telling me, I'm like, you gotta be kidding, bro. Like, oh. I, I used to sell them for 5,000. Like, what's going on in the world? So, um, the, the that, that, I mean, that's, that's a big point too. Like, I yeah. mean, as much time as you did, like, how much time did you end up doing? It was basically eight years. So, like, so just you under did eight, eight years, years and as a but the price of the price of cannabis is just in, in indicative of the market right now. I'm just trying to let everybody know, the listeners right. know, like what, what the market was B- back then. You talking about five, six thousand dollars, maybe even higher, uh, sixty five hundred. Yeah, depending on the town. Like I might go to a new town. Like oh, I'm in Cleveland, Ohio. Mm-hmm. Oh, this dude's telling me like I'm working with you. He's like, don't say nothing, but I'm charging him seven. Right. And I was like, bro, why are you charging him seven? <laughs> and I was like, bro, I'll, I'll pull up every other week. Like, let's just okay, don't so, hit him so over look, the so head. Look, so you know what I'm saying? Don't beat I'm him my, down with the bag. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I, hey, I used to always say, make less, move more. Right. Yeah. I mean, not everybody understands that though. So look, man, you know the, the price of, of cannabis before you went, before you lay down. Was you know we just said between fifty five hundred to almost seven thousand dollars. So and when then, you get out, yeah, you know the price of cannabis is between you know it don't even cover the light bill and <laughs> the nutrients of the grow fifteen hundred to to, <laughs> yeah, yeah. to, to twenty five hundred. You know, what yeah, I mean? right. So I mean that that's just indicative of the times. You know, what I mean. Let, so, me, let me ask you, if you don't mind, how did you get locked up? Like, so how did, you, how did that? Like you're doing all that, then how did it come to anything like that? Yep. So uh, there was this dude, and I had him kind of like, I I referred to him as the catcher. Mm -hmm. And he worked for me, and I paid him a flat rate of $20,000 a month. And so at this time, I was dropping in like Detroit, um, like Chicago and Atlanta, Mm -hmm. not so much like New York and Ohio. So you said the market got slow in LA. Yeah. The market Mm -hmm. got slow in LA. So. One of the first areas I ever went out of town was Detroit. Uh-huh. And so then um, I used different- We love Detroit, man. Yeah, shout, man. Out, shout out Detroit, Detroit man. So, I love Detroit, man. So maybe I'm a mastermind, but I'm always trying to figure out how can you transport weed across America right. without getting pulled over on like the highway by highway patrol. Right. So I try to be clever and you know, and so, First couple times I crossed my fingers and I just gave it to this one dude I was paying fucking 20 grand and he wheeled out like an 80 pack to Detroit. And the whole time I'm like, oh, I hope he makes it. <laughs> you know, because at the time I don't even know if I had the Brand money. To the hustle guys. I don't know if I even had the money to cover the, the load really? if it got caught along the way. <laughs> so now I got to figure out ways to like conceal it. And so um, <clears throat> this particular person eventually started working with a freight company. And then he, I had a, um, a dude that would 
make a wood crate for me, like right on the border near like Oregon and right, right. Canada. When it would come through Canada, we would mm. catch it in Seattle, Washington, bring it to like Oregon at this point and like put it in big wood crates. Mm. And maybe just like 300 pounds might go to Atlanta, you know, we put it in a crate. And so um, one day the catcher, he lives in Vegas, but mm. the reason why I have him is because I'm using a big rig right. and I don't want you to meet my big rig driver. Gotcha. Even though the driver, he doesn't always even know what's on board. Right. But the freight dude is like trying to like, I don't know. So that's the whole thing is I never really wanted the person catching, you know, the work that's going to distribute right. to meet the transport. That's smart. So he was a buffer, right? Mm -hmm. And this buffer one time, he was supposed to be in Detroit on a certain time and he didn't make it. And so he flew in like the following day at like seven in the morning. Right. And in the meantime, I dumped it off at like, I don't know, like a trucking fucking warehouse, like a temporary freight place. Mm -hmm. And it's a, and it's a fucking. Let's see the holding place, uh, the whole, the whole, wherever it's like a held, random where, trucking wherever place. Wherever they held your freight at because yeah. nobody was there to pick it up. Right. right. So it's a wood crate. It would probably almost even require, I'm thinking like a forklift possibly. Mm -hmm. Right. And the inside of it's duffel bags and they're sealed up. But anyways, they throw it in his rental van. And back then, we always had the, the suction cup fucking GPS right. on the window. So he puts that to where he's going with the, with the, um, the load. Mm -hmm. And he goes to leave Detroit, like, boom. And as soon as he hits it, like, local PD fucking, you know, take him down. Then they take him into, like, the, the local DEA, whatever. Right. And this dude fucking, he, in his mind, he's like, Fuck it. I don't know where I'm my drop guys. I don't have a like he doesn't know them as family. Right. So he throws them out the door like I'm going to cooperate and fuck them. Right. And so he, he they say to him, like, listen, we know the GPS on the glass where it was going. Mm -hmm. You can take us there or we're going. This motherfucker dude decides to take them there. And drop it like everything's cool. Right. And then they all roll up on the next crew. Right. So he did that, right? And at that particular moment in time, I knew he had been cracked because I, I, I follow the load the whole time. Right. I'm texting. I'm talking. And, and his phone was like powered off. And then I hit another, like, we would just call him like a handler mm -hmm. of his homeboy in mm -hmm. Vegas. And I was like, yo, what's up with this kid, Billy? Like, he's fucking, he's MIA and he's supposed to be catching mm -hmm. the work. Well, this dude's in custody and come to find out he went to do, like, he did a um, control drop or whatever. Uh -huh. So at the time when I paid him 20 grand, I owed him like 10 grand from the month before. Mm -hmm. This dude shows up at my house in Manhattan Beach. After all this happened, the, the, the people just let him go and gave him back his phone. So like he could go home like an hour later. Right. And they were he shows up like two days later at my house. And I was like, what's going on, man? Like, lift up your shirt. Right. You know what I mean? Like, right. what are you doing over right. here? You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't even know you, you know? And he was like, oh, man, you know, I'm O30K. And, and, and I was like, let's get out of here. So I took him to the beach. Right. And we went for a walk and I told him, leave your phone here. And, you know, I'm just trying to like yeah. distance myself. And he was like, you know, I didn't know them, but I know you. And, right. and, and I wasn't sure, like, what do I do? You know, I did owe him legit 30 before right. this had happened. So I was like, look, man, like, I'll, I'll pay for your lawyer, but keep me the fucking like 
Don't ever talk to me again type shit. Like, I don't even know. Like, I didn't want to not pay him. And then all of a sudden it it unraps. But in the end, I still fucking, in a roundabout way, I got money to Vegas and had a dude like shoot him money. And I happened to be around in Vegas because I would go to the ultimate fighting all the time. And I started seeing the tinted window SUVs all around where I was like trying to pay for dude's attorney to make this, you know, go away and like get rid of this fucking guy. So few months later this dude is like paid by the government a thousand bucks and he drives in from vegas and he points out where my house is in manhattan beach Damn. <clears throat> and he says that's dude's fucking crib and this is what his get down is and then that just kind of like escalated into like putting trackers on my airplanes right. and, and tapping things and then going as far as to making a fake party and it was very elaborate a fake party yeah, yeah. So yeah, we we can get so so okay, man. So hey, render is there? A, um, sorry, is there a, a, a? Can I grab that over there? Sorry. Yeah, not to cut it out. So we can edit that out. My bad. I, I I even ashed it a little bit, but I don't I don't mind even. Yeah, can we get a cup? Yeah. yeah, it's a new cup over there. Sorry about cutting you off. No, you I was like, I was looking at the ash. I was no, like, I need called, to do something, bro. Smoke it. break. Yeah. Let's take a smoke break, man. Yeah. Uh, brought to you by Circle Cannabis Co. Uh, pull up on us in Van Nuys, man. Smoke break. Tell oh, whoa. The Circle? Tell them one more time. Man. Smoke break. This smoke break sponsored by the Nephew, Circle Cannabis Co. Get the fuck out of here with that. Van Nuys, California, man. man. Uh, look yeah, us up on Weed Maps. You can order people. online. Oh, let me just show the people what nephew just wrote. Oh man, award winning, right we, there. We've, award we've winning. missed you. We've missed you, Neff. Award winning. Oh, oh, this one. Smoke break. So brought to you. Brought to you by what? what? Winner's Circle Wonder Boy. <laughs> hey, so so what? What? What are we? What's rolled up in here? Tell us about it. What's in there? That's Burke. Talk, man. Burger. Nothing but the best, right? We got Birkins so in, in there. Genetics, and so look, you know what we're gonna pick up at. Um, we're about to pick up. Um, maybe if I could just dump some of this in there. Yeah. No, no, we're ready. No, no, we're just ready. keep it rolling. Yeah, just keep yeah. it rolling. I just want to pick up. Are, are, are the cups in this frame? Do they need to be out for like licensing or purpose? Sorry, I, I didn't know I would have saved you more. Oh, you good? Yeah. Okay. Um, I want to pick up with um, you know, basically he he already got you to the point. He already got you to the point of, of him telling on you. So I want to. I wanted to. Is that yep. the yacht party before that? Because I feel it's like kind I of missed like, a lot. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so I feel like I feel like we, once we, that we, dude we like opened up the, the the cobweb. Yeah. Then eventually, I started seeing feds everywhere. But I they traveled. started. They, they, yeah. they kept letting you work after that, right? Yeah, yeah. They let me go. Oh, they yeah. let you work after that. So yeah. let, let's, let's. And they just, kept trying to put hooks in everywhere I went. So let's let's from let's city to city. From, I can see him. You know what I mean? You know what? All right. Yeah. So look. So um. So the dude basically, uh, the, the dude basically rats on the Detroit crew. You know what I mean? He comes back to you. You don't know if he got a wire on him. You don't know if he's got what on. But you know the people still let you keep working though, right? So you're still working at that point, right? It's, 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 Did you just shut Detroit down, or you still thing, working like, in other states? It's at, at this time. It's like almost hard not to work right. because. You know, we got to pay our bills, right? I'm, yeah. At this point, I'm living a lifestyle. I'm, I'm living in a million dollar homes. I'm driving nice cars. Like, I have to keep up. Right. I'm not like there yet. So I still try to like lay in the cut, like, oh, mm-hmm. do I take a break? 
I did crazy things. Like I, I would have like private eyes outside my house. I had people mm-hmm. fucking dump trucks come and unload things in the moment. Like, oh, this dude's getting taken down. Like, mm-hmm. let's let's uh, like wipe his phone. You know, encrypt. Yeah. Like, there's so many things that go along with all yeah. this, right? And so. Eventually, I did try to like, you know, you have to keep it going, right? Did you start any businesses? Did you start any like legitimate businesses back then at all? One of the the things I was doing at the time was I bought like a teardown property in Manhattan Beach. Oh, really? Yeah. And so it was maybe like 900, 950. And so. You're talking about a million dollar teardown. Yeah, yeah. You you put up something sick. Million dollar teardown. But it just so happened when I was like getting into it um, is when real estate, you know, crashed. Okay. And then as I would travel, trapping around America, I would see it was like real estate was crashing. So where were were some of the states you were working in? You were working in Detroit? At one point, I want to say it was for sure maybe 11 or 14. Okay. Total. 14 cities. Oh, states. states. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So, so again, man, like so I said. So I was said, Fortune 500 on, on a, uh, what was that, Gucci on, yeah, on, a, on a prepaid. So like, you know I, so I mean? like I said earlier, man, like, you know, you, you talk about, you know, you, you're doing this, you're doing that, but we're talking about 14 states. I could drop loads simultaneously in like Ohio, Atlanta, Chicago on the same day. That's hard. You know what I'm saying? On the same day. <laughs> so we talk. We you talk I mean? about like Dom. We talking about like Domino's, little 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 Caesar, Pizza Pizza. Yeah. You know what I mean? Four, 14 different states, man. Pizza Pizza, fourteen yeah. different states. Pulling up with the pack, man. Sinister Monopoly, man. And, and we go. We gonna get. We gonna get into it, man. You know, we gonna get into it. I know my man yeah. came in here with the t-shirt. Y'all, y'all don't know, man, but I know this dude, man. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? This is this is the culture. This this is the this is the culture, and, man. And, and it was interesting how to like somewhat birth like states that have never had indoor hydroponic kush. And, and, that, and that's what speak so, on that for a minute, because that's what I try to tell these these listeners. Yeah, is that you know when you can come to a state and drop that bag and drop that flavor and turn the whole state on, then then come on, sit yeah. down, and talk to us, man. I remember like like uh, like one of the places I would travel to is like Detroit. Right. And they were they were rolling heavy for me. Right. And the dude when I when I came into town, I didn't really know him. We were just kind of introduced friends of friends. And then one time I spent time like I'm going to tuck in at a hotel and I'll be in town for like a month, maybe, Mm -hmm. you know, And he was like, let me show you where I leave my work. Let me show you where I stay. If anything should happen, you know. And so he would show me around. He was really trying to build with you. He wasn't on right. that bullshit. And it would trip right. that he would take me to a house and we'd pull up and it maybe had, you know, like the, the single family residence in the front and mm-hmm. then the garage in the back. Mm-hmm. And he was like, yeah, I mean, like $4,000 for this house or 6000 And I was like, what do you mean? Like the lumber yeah. alone is like, yeah. you yeah. could right. never build that garage right yeah. now right. for 4000 Especially in California. And I remember he took me around right. to the back garage, right? Uh-huh. And like on the floor, he lifted up some rugs. And then he had a wench come down from the ceiling and he hooked the wench up to this big hook. It was like crank, 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 crank. And he opened up and inside the ground, he had like a couple hundred pounds of kush down there. And I was like, good looking out. You know what I'm saying? Like, good job. You know what I'm saying? And so um, that was just me like bouncing around. And so some of these people, like the very first time I even brought um, kush into Detroit, 
um, I would touch base and say, how's it going, man? Right. What do you guys move? You know, yeah. like you owe me a, maybe eight or 900 grand, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever. And they were like, oh, I moved three pounds. I'm like, oh, come on. Right. Like you guys are kidding me. Yeah. And so then they came to uh, a UFC in Vegas and I broke it down. Like, like this is the, the Louis Vuitton. This is a Ferrari. And this is how it goes in the hip hop community. Mm-hmm. Like two weeks later, the Kush was gone, and then it just wow. started. Started going. Yeah, and then next thing you know, I'm like jumping from Detroit to Chicago to Atlanta to St. Louis to Ohio, and and then I finally was like, I told my pilot, I want to go to New York, right. and he's like, Oh, my plane's too small. It, he oh, called it a putt putt. Hey, hey, so, hey so, so so hold on, man. Hey, don't threaten me. You know what I'm saying? So so hold on. You didn't. Yeah. You didn't. You didn't. Um, Let's 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 speak on that for for a minute. So you had your own plane? I did, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So So let's let's speak on that, oh, man. You had your own plane? Yeah. I wasn't the pilot, but I paid for it. How many people did you sit on that plane? Probably like six, maybe four or six. But so it, it wasn't it a wasn't whole no, lot. It wasn't no seats in that thing. No, 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 we, no. it wasn't like this. This is for the pack. GTA. This is a plane for the pack. You got the seats. Speak on that, man. Tell them how you freaked it out. Yeah. And Tell here, them how you freaked it out, man. Tell hey, them how you here's the it thing. Out. So we might be like, let's say right now we're gearing up to, for the pilot to come over. Mm-hmm. And on all these duffel bags, I would take like like duct tape and I would write all over the fucking handle. Like, and I named the different cities. Like Chicago is Wendy's. Right. You know, <clears throat> uh, I forget even Atlanta, what it was. So each, at the each state had a, each state yeah. had a Duffy. Like Detroit their, was yeah. the Lions. Uh-huh. So I had all these duffel bags going to all these cities. Like this is going to Lions. This is going to Wendy's. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is going to. Um, I don't. Know, I want to know what uh, what I called Atlanta at the time. I forget. You know, but probably the Peach I, Man. I had, I had nicknamed them all right, uh-huh. and so the duffel bags had the tape and the labeling. Even when they would jump across the border from Canada, they had tape on them and they were colored tape. And they knew like, oh, Sin gets the red electrical. Right. You might get the blue electrical. You might get green. Yeah. And then they had a number. Like my number. My number was like 176. Color color coded. That real work. Yeah. So when you're getting 1,700 pounds in from another country, it's blue tape number 185, red tape 176. And, and so on, you know what I mean? And then those packs come in, and this is organized crime to the fullest. We're right. working with the biggest, not like just, oh, I'm working with Sean up here. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, not, not, not Derek for real from Blow. Yeah, you know what I mean? We're talking like, we talk about some real, some this, real this shit. This is like people that are yeah. in like a crew, and everyone yeah. from the crew, they grow 200, you go 300, yeah. 400, and they all bring it to the club. Yeah. And then it all goes on board and gets dist- distributed. And these people are killing it. These people own strip clubs. They own energy drinks. They own fucking you name it. Like, it's just, it's killing it, you know? Um, and so. So you had your own plane, man. How many could you fit in that plane back then? I know, like, uh, probably a good 500 for so, sure. So about a half a crate. Like, half eventually, a when the five box, you can fit five yeah. boxes in that plane back then. I just want y'all to add that up, man. I told you what the it was, numbers was. Yeah, Jose, please put the calculator on here. <laughs> add it up. It was. Uh, let it them, was, let it, them up. Let them yeah. know. We talking so, about a, we talking about at least a Ted DiBiase. We talking about at least a million dollar man. Yeah, yeah. That's what so, we're talking about. So this plane, right? I, I remember, it was a Beechcraft. Um, you remember uh, model du- number? Dual prop turbo. <laughs> and I was disappointed on the colors when I rolled up. I was like, oh man, it was like, 
It was kind of like a peanut yeah, butter with a red trim. Talking about them mad about the colors, man. Yeah. <laughs> hey, one of the first times I saw the plane was in Atlanta. Oh yeah. Wow. Yeah. So the pilot would normally come in and he would do everything. Right. But this one time he was like, "Hey, I wasn't able to get a rent a car. Can you come straight to the plane?" Mm-hmm. And I was like, "I guess." Right. And I had already just given him a buck seventy to buy it. Ooh. And said, you handle it. And then I would put on like $200 per pound for him him to pay me back the buck 70. Because the plane was going to be his. Even on a hobby, like, oh, I'm going to take my wife out and drive the plane. So look, look, bro. So you brought up Atlanta. That's one of your spots. So, so, you know. This, you you talk to Atlanta history. Mm -hmm. So, like, bring bring the listeners back to an Atlanta memory. I don't know. It was your favorite strip club, your favorite wing spot. Wow, there's so I mean, many. Give, give us uh, an Atlanta memory. Yeah. Yeah. Take yeah. us back to that time. Hey, for those to where never, this man was probably DJing you know somewhere, you didn't even know right, this man. Right. Uh, you know what I mean? Remember, but what year did you start DJing? Oh, I started in '96, but I I started in Atlanta in '05. So okay, like 2005 is when I started. You know, DJing the biggest and best clubs in Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. Man, Atlanta, I shout out to Atlanta because it's like good people. It's like I always tell people, if you've never been, you for sure got to pull up. You know what I mean? And then I don't think people get it. Like, it's just a fucking, it's, I had some Canadians pull up on me that were dishing out work to me. Mm -hmm. Infamous. Nah, I'm just letting the camera see. Oh, okay. We stepped up our smoking on Um, on this episode. I remember. uh, We're in Cali. We, we, you know, I went by the Circle Cannabis Code. Yeah. And and, and, and was able to, you know, uh, upgrade. Yeah. yeah, and go to Weed Maps and, and, and click Sky Club LA button and um, so get that delivered. If I can kind of even tell you how we would work, so I happen to be kind of like hiding out in Atlanta because my house had done what's called um, uh, what's it called a fucking something complaint. It's not an indictment, mm-hmm. but it's a complaint. Right. So the government ran up in my house in Manhattan Beach. So then I was kind of like hiding in Atlanta and I rented a house on Lake Lanier. Right. I rented a house up in like Midtown and I was just kind of like laying low. But nice I could, place to lay, I place could, to lay low. Yeah, yeah. A nice place to lay low. Yeah, exactly. I couldn't help, you know, but um, like just the city itself was like so much fun. So um, I remember taking the Canadian there and, 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 and it's part of like what I'm business. It was like a representative Mm-hmm. for the brand right. you know and he came in and i was having i think a problem yep. with a big load that had came through and it wasn't like a good load and it wasn't moving it. and the prices were crashing but he come in and because at any given time maybe with these people i might <coughs> owe them like three to five million mm-hmm. on, on work they would front to me you know damn they was dropping so like a representative off. from canada came to atlanta because well, i guess that would be about that would be about a, a crate a coffin each time so you're talking about yeah you know only three three million something dollars each, each yeah drop. hovered around yeah. the most they ever got to was nine and then he said let's hold off like this week and bring it down you know what i mean but i never had let's to hold off this week but, let me just right, let's right. hold off this week <laughs> hey well you can't even sell an ounce in 30 <laughs> minutes at, at the strip club I'll just tell you, I was like, <laughs> I was like the goose that laid the golden egg. I was yeah. the golden child with these guys, yeah. right? So I never had to zero out. Yeah. The, I never had to yes, zero sir, out. Baby. Infamous. Uh, the, uh, it was an open tab. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I might say they might say how much how much money you have in hand right now. I say 
Oh, I got 1.7 million. Okay, shoot it. Tomorrow we're jumping. We got another fucking 3 million. And they just kept shooting it. And and I would never go, oh, my bill's zero and I'm paying 100%. Right. The tab was like, oh, I might get it down to 1 million, but then we're dropping again and now it's five again. Shit. I get it down to three and now it's five. You know, so they just kept... That, like I should you that work, man. Yeah, and I wouldn't even know sometimes I would get a list come through like, yeah. oh, tomorrow we're jumping and it had all the different strains. Mm. You know, like oh, and then we talk in codes, we we, we do all these different things, you know, we mm. use numbers instead of alphabet. And so it was just uh it was like hard and heavy, like a corporation just moving through the states, mm -hmm. you know. Uh I, I forgot where we were going on that last also, question. So did it, you didn't tell you how when you so they raided your house, and that's how you got busted. No, I've, I they raided my house with a criminal complaint, mm -hmm. and I was able to like lay low for maybe a month or two. And I had a lawyer while I was in uh, hiding oh, out right, at Lake Lanier, right. and my lawyer hits me up one day and says, "Hey, man, I got a call from um, I think a lawyer, like a prosecutor or mm -hmm. something, and um, they're not going to pursue any charges." After they already raided my house and took like a Porsche, a Harley, oh, okay. like two hundred grand. No, no actual narcotics. No, no, gotcha, gotcha. They find the cash. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. He took cash and cars and stuff like that, and um, and then so <clears throat> I was fighting to even get that back. And the lawyer calls me and he's like, and I was like, "Are you sure, man?" Like, because I was always scared to travel right. to like catch a like a Delta flight home. Right. I was like, "Oh, they're gonna just pick me up at the airport." Yeah, because then you, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Like, do I gotta take my own airplane right. fucking and ride home? And, and you so, thought you had like an active warrant or some shit? Yeah, like because they came to my crib, right? Yeah. I thought it must be. Right. And so I was hitting this lawyer and he kept saying, just fly into LA, it'll be okay. And I was like, dude, no. <laughs> like, Turn yourself in. And I was like, no, I would never. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. I said, listen, bro, I could go underground and live my life yeah. underground and still make shit tons of money. Why right. would I ever? And, and, and I was like, I never trust these people that turn myself in. Like, right. it's just like, we ride till the wheels fall off. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so eventually, like, even that lawyer had came to um, Atlanta to meet with me because I had never met with him before, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And so he even, like, green lights me to, like, you know, do my thing. Right. One of the first things that popped off was it happened to be Cinco de Mayo, and I was flying to um, Cleveland, Ohio. Mm -hmm. And uh, the guy in Ohio, I made about a hundred, two hundred thousand dollars a month off, of, off profit. Mm -hmm. He would take like a box of time, you know. Mm -hmm. But he never wanted to meet the pilot. He always said, "Oh, sin, I want to meet you." I wouldn't want to meet the fucking pilot either. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, so I would always go to Ohio myself, get mm -hmm. a room. The pilot would get a room, and he would just give me his room key. So it was easy peasy. Right. I tell homeboy, oh, I got the room key, bro. We roll up. Uh -huh. And then sometimes I would help him load it on the elevator mm -hmm. with the the, um, the, the luggage, the luggage, luggage carts, cart. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So at this point, this has already happened on my house. Like, mm -hmm. I've been raided. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, I'm very aware of my surroundings. Right. And so I rented a private jet. I told a dude in Atlanta, can you rent this for me in your name? I gave him 14000 to fly to Ohio and then fly to back. That was the fucking Round trip. trip. Yeah. I pull up with another homie who came in from like near Canada, like Seattle. And I was trying to turn my business over to him. I was like, from now on, I want you to work with this dude in Ohio. And and then so this guy in Ohio, when I touched down, I said, hey, man, pull up on me. I'm at the hotel. He was like, man, I'm not. I just told I didn't even tell him what happened to my pad. I was like. Uh -huh. I'm out, bro. Like, you know, like from now on, you're going to meet somebody else. And he's like, 
I'm not ready. Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, nah, I can't do it, you yeah. know? I'm not and, ready. And I was like, man, like, like it's over yeah. for me. I got to go, yeah. you know? Like, my time's up. Yeah. And that time, my other partner who, who left Atlanta on the private jet with me, he just happened to, we, our hotel was near the mall. And he goes walking around the mall. So I was like, after dude left, from, and uh, the pilot hadn't made it in town yet. So me and him was chopping it up mm. before the work landed. Right. And I was like, yeah, come at me at like six, we'll come through. And so we go, I go catch up with this dude in the mall and I've noticed like three dudes, four dudes that are just kind of like around, you know what mm. I'm saying? Mm. And the way they, they, they carry themselves, they be, seem very government, you know? Right. And so I told the dude I'm with, I was like, yo, check these dudes, you know? And we're walking around looking at stuff. And then I decided, like, let's hit the door to the mall in Cleveland, Ohio. Mm -hmm. And as soon as we hit the door to the parking lot, my friend hits it, hits up like a tobacco boom. And like those dudes like leave. And it's weird because we called them on their bluff. Like they had nowhere to go. Right. And they hit the curb. And they didn't hit the asphalt. They were just like, where do we go now? Because dude's just smoking. Yeah. And we were dipping. Like, and then we all of a sudden, we're just like, okay, now what, you right. know? Mm -hmm. But, and then, so they didn't know where to go. We eventually went back to our hotel room mm -hmm. and I'm on like the a higher floor. And there's like, and I always know the cars to look for. There's a Ford Explorer backed in mm -hmm. and, and I could see the dudes pulling up a walkie talkie, but he's not raising it to his mouth, yeah. but he's pulling it to the steering wheel dash. And I told my partner, like, check that out. And he went downstairs mm -hmm. and he was like, I think I see this. So then I was like, hey, plan up, you know, plan change. And I went to a different hotel. Right. And back then I had like a car service, you know, but we didn't really yeah. have Uber, you know, but right. I took a private jet and I had like a, like a limousine, drive, right. so, you know? Yeah. And so I bounced to a different hotel and I started, told the pilot, yeah, go to this new hotel. And in my mind, I was like, you know what? I need to just see it through. Yeah. Even if I'm just going to get cuffed up right now, like the, I'm here, like, you know what I mean? Like right. I need to just keep going. I'm not like, I don't know why, like if that's a sociopath or whatever yeah. you call it, like maybe I should have tapped off and said, you know, like I'm out. I felt the heat. Yeah. yeah. But I kept going. And so I met up with dude, uh, pilot gave me the key, me and the dude. And even walking through the lobby and I was just thinking like, they're going to come, they're going to come. And we shot his car. And, and I eventually got on the PJ and went home. But that dude, the next destination where he went to drop the pack, yeah. fucking raided on, right? right? But I didn't know because I'm on the fucking like PJ. Yeah, right. And then so I didn't even like, I started hitting him like the next day and it's like prepaid's turned off. And I'm thinking like, does he just use another one? Mm. And that's kind of how he's real secretive. And then eventually, like a week later, he's like, hey, man, I got pulled over. I had like 60 grand. They took that. They were at my spot where I dropped that. And they took that. And I was like, nah. For and so here, check this. When, mm -hmm. when the private plane came back into Atlanta, it was Cinco de Mayo. We're like thinking, okay, we did good. I'm drinking on the PJ. Mm -hmm. And before I had like my notebooks and, and all the, the weed, we got rid of it all. And I get pulled over by... A, a white Tahoe mm -hmm. with fucking lights in the grill. Mm -hmm. There's nothing else but a white Tahoe. And I had, again, a, a driver. Right. And this dude knew me. He drove me all the time in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. So he knew, like, he's like, yeah, my driver. Like, I'm taking me here to go there and move, move around the city. And it's funny. I used to sometimes have a million dollars with me 
and just be like, this dude would pick me up and I have like just mad fucking briefcase in the back. He's like, what the fuck is in this, right. this, uh, this fucking like le- this suitcase? Right. It's heavy as fuck. Cause right. a million in cash is heavy. And so I was kind of on the run. So I always kept cash with me like that, you know? And so anyways, um, we get pulled over by this white Tahoe and they try to separate each person, like the driver, my right. my boy. And then like, you're my boy. And he's a, he has a Seattle, Washington. And I'm like, yo, just tell him like, you're my girlfriend's husband or whatever, like, right, right, like right. fiance, right, like right, right. brother-in-law, like whatever, you know what I mean? And they're like, where are you coming from? And I told them, tell them we went to Cinco de Mayo at the fucking airplane hangar or right. whatever, yeah. you know, like not yeah. that we just flew in. Yeah, and so we didn't know, I don't know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so then the dogs came and they started asking weird questions, you know, right. like very in tune to like what I was doing at that time. Right. And I had these cats that I would pay in Atlanta, not only to move packs for me, mm-hmm. but to maybe go buy me a boat, buy yeah. me the Range Rover, rent me the crib. Yeah. And so I hit them and I was like, yo, I'm on the side of the road over here. And they even pulled up on me. He's like, oh man, I see him, I see him. Right. And then next thing you know, there's like four more, yeah. you know, and they're all like unmarked, uh, you know, vehicles. Oh, right. They eventually let us go. And I was like, yo, that shit was not fucking normal. Right. You know, people used to just, oh man, you're just, paranoid mm-hmm. but i could see him all the time right yeah that's crazy yeah, yeah. man so um, that was uh that was before that the, the the yacht party or that was after the yacht party so huh okay so let me try to think of the yacht party was so that was miami yeah the yacht party was so they lured me to miami Mm, okay. so, some some dudes I was dropping work off into Atlanta, the guys that would also help me move through the city. Mm-hmm. Like so I, I would try to I would try to move through any city, never putting my credit card down, right. never you know, putting my mm-hmm. name Doing on anything. Tricks, right. Yeah. So I would hit you up, be like, hey man, rent me a room or you yeah. know, whatever, whatever. And so I'd move through these cities with, with no name. And so um uh I guess what were, what were we talking about? ATL yeah, we, we were just talking about um, uh, your, your guys in ATL, and then, um, you know, I didn't know if that was before. After, oh, I think we were talking about the boat party. Yeah, yeah. We were talking about the boat So party. the guy in ATL, he had unfortunately been infiltrated by, like, somebody that even did what's called a control buy. Right. Where mm-hmm. they bought, he had a window tin shop, like, mm-hmm. near Buckhead. And I think they did, like, a 10-pack bought a uh, 10 pack of Kush from homeboy okay. and they had it all on video. They were at a shop mm-hmm. wired up. So they, so they the had the, hooks they the undercover in there and they right. got it on, on, on so camera. He with the was very admired with me because he knew like, I was like this fucking like El Jefe cowboy coming <laughs> through Atlanta. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's how I found this dude. I took a girl's car to get tinted yeah. and, and he was like, Hey man, you need some weed. And I, I laughed at him. I said, you're probably selling my weed. Uh, <laughs> and he was like oh for real and i was like what do you got and he just tinted out this beamer right and he brought me like some, and he brought me some stress that and was, i was that, was that was a nice one i like that i like that <laughs> he said, you're probably selling my weed yeah. i like that one. yeah because he, he came at me after yeah. i paid for the window tint and i was like man like i respect you know mm-hmm. he was trying to do it and and then eventually him and i connected and i started like shooting him or whatever right and so um um, he starts to invite me. He was mm-hmm. like, "Hey, man, so and so wants to meet you. They want they they roll hard and heavy." Right. And then they start to use the word, which I hate. Do you want this? Uh, they start using the word cartel, 
Yeah. Oh, he, and, he, and he's big. And I said, well, whatever you need. Like, if you need 200 more, I'll give yeah. them to you. Right. Like, I don't need to meet you yeah. right now. Like, I'm okay. I don't, I don't, I don't and need so to meet him. He kept right. insisting. So then they kind of navigated the boat and they were like, man, they're having a, a party. And it's his one time year and he celebrates his crew. You know, come through Miami and just hang out. And I was like, even like, what the fuck is this? You yeah. know, like, <laughs> you know, nah, I'm okay. Right. Yeah. So, uh, I finally just said, you know what? Like, I haven't even been to Miami in my life at this point. Right. I decided to go. The whole time, there's this informant in Atlanta, and he's wearing a wire. Because oh I thought, you know what? I'm going to drive from Atlanta to Florida. To Florida. Yeah. Because I like to lay off, like, even traveling, you get on the radar through yeah. fucking no, you're right. the system. Yeah. Right. And so I was like, I'll just show about roll. nine hours. Yeah. On the road, this yeah. dude wore a body wire. The whole fucking Time. nine hours. Wow. And so I'm finding my case and, the, and my lawyer's like playing it on his laptop. And I'm like, wait a second. And I was in the car and I was like nine hours. And I remember telling my lawyer, I was like, what a piece of shit. And my lawyer goes, he did the right thing. And I said, you fucking kidding me? I said, listen, bro, we put the food on the table for a lot of people right. that are good people that have family and kids. And this guy took that away, man. And he was like, oh, like he disagreed. And I was like, and I told him, you know what? What do you do? You play golf with the prosecutor? And he like chuckled at me. And I was like, get the fuck out of here with like these people, you know? <laughs> right? And so um, <clears throat> now, once again, I always kind of lose my direction. I get a little misguided where I'm going. So then we're going back to the party. So he's telling me to come through. And he keeps telling this, describing this person who right. wants to meet me. And the time the dude's name was EJ. Mm -hmm. And I finally said, you know what? Yeah, I'll go to Atlanta, um, um, uh, Miami. Mm -hmm. I pull up. And then they're even saying, we'll pay for your hotel. We'll pay. And I felt kind of somewhat insulted. Like, I'm a, mm -hmm. I don't, I, you know, I do sweets and I do fucking, yeah. I'm, I'm, everything's top of the food chain, right? Yeah, right. And, and I was like, no, nah, I'm good. Yeah, yeah, and I'm like, no, nah, thank you. And so then they say there's a party on like whatever night it was, let's say a Friday. Uh -huh. And they sent over a limousine. And then we all have like, there's like four of us and we're all in different rooms of the hotel. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I want the biggest, I want the presidential right. suite. Oh, I'm in Miami, yeah. like I wanna go, right? And so then they put us in a limo and I could kind of somewhat tell, but later on, no, the limo wasn't ready at the house, like all mic'd up with the cameras, whatever. Mm -hmm. The limo kept going around the block. We got to this bunk ass like party. <laughs> they had, um, the backyard was on the water uh -huh. and it had a yacht. And the one guy was acting all goofy going like, yeah, that's a $5 million yacht. They kept using the 5 million. Kept and then he, the and then he kept there. saying like, if it wasn't for you, man, like I would have never made this this year. And I oh. bought the boat. Like, congratulations to you for, for hooking mm. me up in the game. And yeah. I was just like trying to observe it, you know? Yeah, right, and right. so when I first got there, it was like a house party, but yet they had a yacht in the back. And uh, you know, when you first get to a place, maybe if it's a house, Everyone kind of like goes, navigates around like the island of the kitchen to get okay. drinks, get to know people. And all these people started talking about these areas that I dropped in. Like, oh yeah, I'm from Seattle. I'm from Vegas. I'm from Detroit. And I was like, we, you were kind of weird, but yeah. nobody's really like Florida. Right. But it just seemed weird, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so then later on, some belly dancers came. <laughs> And I was like, belly dancers, interesting. So everybody kicked it in the in the living room. Some belly dancers came, and then they had a pool. And the outside the pool was the yacht. Right. There was the ocean. 
And so then they had like like dinner is served out okay. on the fucking on the in where the pool was. Mm-hmm. And this just goes to show you how elaborate the feds are. Yeah. This is a federal production. Right. And so um, this whole party was set up by the feds. Yeah. And as so in, as entrapment for you. Yeah. And I'm right. like just looking and just tripping. And they said, so then they're like, let's go out on the boat at the sun's come setting, you know? And right. I was like, okay, then, you know? And yeah. so even there's like maybe 10, 10 people, mm-hmm. you know, there's like a few girls, maybe five girls or four girls or right. something. Right. Myself and the three or four dudes that I went with, I guess, Three of us. One was an informant and two other cats. Yeah. We eventually make our <laughs> yeah, way in the boat. Count. We eventually make yeah, our way the on the boat. Informant don't count. Right. <laughs> so we get on the boat and and so like we're on the boat and it's sunset and I told one of the the homies I was like, yo man. Even back then I didn't know to use the word feds. I just yeah. used the word cops and right, I was like, right. yo man, these are all cops. Mm-hmm. And again he's like, you're paranoid. And I said to him. Let's let's watch. Let's smoke a blunt, mm-hmm. and I bet nobody smokes with us. Right. You know? <laughs> right. And he was like, you know, basically like that. And we and then we all kind of like made our way to like the bow of the boat, uh-huh. and it was almost like. And I remember back then we had like the the brand company like True Religion, the horseshoe. Mm-hmm. It totally yeah. reminds me because that was popping in that era. Yeah. These people were like horseshoed around me at the at the bow of the boat mm-hmm. on like the second or third floor. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he rolled up a blind and I'm there with a couple of dudes and I'm like, you want to smoke? No. You want to smoke? No. Smoke? No. But yet these guys are like dope dealers and a cartel. Yeah. And, and I was like, oh my goodness. And so this is so weird. And like, even when you go to parties that you would think sometimes people, they go in the bathroom, they fucking, they might do. Oh, stuff how do they know? Yeah, do whatever, whatever they're gonna do. No yeah. one's really doing do that. Do whatever you do, man. Right, right. Yeah, but yet you guys are claiming you're about this life, yeah. but I'm not Ain't seeing it. Like Ain't nobody snoring no line off yeah. nobody titty. Ain't nothing going down, huh? And so even like <laughs> the next day, like the one night, the dude's like, "Hey, let's not even talk business tonight." Like. Yeah. We'll talk tomorrow. And I was like, get the fuck out of here. Like, what are you even talking about? Yeah. Right? He's like, let's just have fun tonight on the yacht. So then the next day they pushed and pushed to come meet me for brunch. Uh-huh. And I was like, no, you meet him. No, you meet him. And yeah. you talk about it. And then I, the guy kept saying, I catch a flight. I got to catch a flight. He finally hit me up and I'm at the pool with my yeah. homeboy that just flew in from LA. Yeah. And we're just going to tear up Miami because, you know, I'm like, I even told my homeboy, like when I, I made money, I was like, don't pay for anything. Even if you're with yeah. me, like I'll pay your rent for three weeks. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like don't even, don't even, yeah. you know, like forget about it. Yeah. So he came to spend time and we were going to tear it up. And, and I thought when the dude kept saying, dude had to leave. And, mm. and he at one point was like, where are you at? And I was like, oh, I'm at the pool. Right. And it's still early in the morning. This, this dude, EJ, rolls up. And again, he's got the full body wire. And he's like, yeah, you want to talk to me? And I was like, not really. Right. Like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? But then he goes to sit down and he sells himself as a money launderer. Okay. And at one point I'm like, nah, I'm good. Like my lawyer does that for me. Mm-hmm. And then that opened up a whole thing where now wow. they're like checking out my lawyer mm-hmm. and man. So these people, they just really like took their, they, you know, put their hooks into me and, so and they set up a fake wanted yacht to make party. an example out right. of me. Right. Yeah. They set up a fake yacht party and then dude even came by the pool. That's crazy, man. The next day That's playing crazy, the part, man. like straight, just, that's crazy. You know what I mean? Like straight out of a movie, like 
Donnie Brasco. Uh-huh. So what was the charges you ended up getting? Was it trafficking uh, charge? It was it was money laundering. Okay. And then uh, in the end, it was one thousand eight hundred pounds of weed. Okay. And then um, a lot. So of, what's the federal guideline on that? Because I know that's over the. Everything yeah. is based on a number. Okay. And so my, speak, my speak number, on that for a minute because yeah. that's another thing I want you, I want everybody to know and pick up on, man. Like, you know, when, when you're out here doing your thing, man, you know, again, you know, we're not here to judge you on anything that you got going on, but yeah. just be very conscious of the guidelines, man. Sure. It's a, it's, it's a big difference between 500 pounds and 1,000 pounds when you're talking about federal guidelines, man. So, for instance, like mine landed at what's called 32 but at the day of sentencing, the government pushes for what they call enhancements, right? And so let's say you used to keep a bunch of work at your house uh-huh. and they rolled up at your crib and you got a gun. Yeah. But I don't know the gun was there. Now, all of a sudden, in my sentencing, like, oh, well, Sin had a gun. I was uh-huh. like, what are we talking about? You had a gun. Right. Yeah. Oh, it was over at Haas's place. And uh-huh. because Sin's work they, was they, there, they put, that, they pis- knew they it was put there. that pistol on you. And I was like, what? Yeah. And that's four points. So okay. then your 32 becomes like 36, and now 36 starts to double in years. Now you're becoming an extra Which five years. Which is your years. point system in effect. Just explain to them. That's the point system. Yeah, so as you get the judge bases your sentence upon a number chart. Uh-huh. So 32 is 10 years to like 15 or 18, if I'm correct, right? Which, so then the next one is which like- Which is the minimum that, that for those charges. For, those, for 32. Yeah. And then as you bump it up, like let's say 34, mm-hmm. now you're pushing like 18 years to 25, right? And so uh, one of the craziest things, a part of my case was you meet with what's called a pre-sentencing report mm-hmm. and, and they the government recommends to the judge what your sentence should be. Yeah. Let, let me just tell you what the government recommended my sentence should be. First offender, never arrested in my no life. Viol- no violent charges. No, <laughs> I, I no. only had a driving uh, or wet and reckless in my entire and life. No, no, no murders or nothing on any of right? your my, my My suggested time was 30 years. Damn. 30 years. And I was like, the, the my lawyer brought that to me. Yeah. And he was like, here's your pre-sentencing report. And I was like, well, what's pre-sentence? And he's like, oh, it's a recommendation to the judge to overlook. Because he told me when you're going to meet with them, just say yes, sir, you know, sir, and be polite right, and tell right. them they want to ask you That's what school go. you went to mm-hmm. and where you grew up and your family. And I'm like, okay. You know, and it's like, this is want to know your background. And I was like, okay, then it is what it is. And it's a recommendation. When that thing came back and it said 360 months. And I was like, this is Ooh. like a murder, bro. Yeah, 360 months. Not to mention, pounds. not to mention, I got caught in Atlanta and I was on a no bail. And I remember being in um, this place called um, Lovejoy. Uh-huh. And, and, and it was Love really. Lovejoy. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, it was pretty bad, right? And then um, they had these dudes on the news that like were two brothers uh-huh. and their girlfriend and they went to like different states. Armed robbery, shootouts, whatever. These dudes got like a million dollar bail. Uh-huh. And, you and I'm no like, bail. how am I here? Over a thousand pounds. With, with no bail. Over a thousand pounds. You know what I mean? It's yeah. craziness, right? And so I even went to, I had a high powered lawyer in the beginning mm-hmm. and I tried to do what's called a bond appeal. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, I'm going to go up a second time because the first time the judge was like, the lady I had a 
public defender. Right. Oh, my car broke down. I was late. <laughs> she didn't even know my name. Like, like she was yeah. all bad. So then I hired this dude. We call those dude. the public pretender. Yeah. Just so, just so you know, we call those the public pretender. I had given a dude like 50000 and he was like okay. a CNN guy where he would jump on and like give out insight as a lawyer or something, right? Mm -hmm. And so he's representing me. And so um, at one point he just starts to charge me way too much. But yeah. anyways, I went to a, um, a bond appeal right. and then the government comes and they even have like the lead agent. Okay. And then he's like, as time goes on, we're finding more. We're finding there's starting to be cocaine involved. And when they said the word cocaine, bro, it's like, mm -hmm. like when a pin drops and there's like no silence. Right. And I was like, oh, man, like, because yeah, I knew as part of my thing, I started like trading and um, these dudes were shooting me cannabis. Right. And then I started shooting them like massive kilos. But that was through like encrypted phones and nobody knew and we like stopped. So this was kind of like off my radar. I was so kind of on, like a BMF. Just, just, just give me about two seconds on that one, man. Oh. So so you had so at the time you was going crazy with the Kush. You know, what I mean, you yeah. already caught the case, but. You, you start motherfucking trading. You start trading work for Kush. For Kush. Mm -hmm. oh. mm -hmm. So you was trading them back. Instead of giving them U.S. dollar, because yeah. you could just they give didn't them straight have breaks. in Canada. They they don't use. Uh, they use like a different European money. Right. So they didn't even want our money, especially on exchange rate. Yeah. So they would rather have bricks of yay, and they would take that and still add a bunch of money on that. Oh, for sure. So almost like the Kush was nothing. Yeah. Even though they were growing it and shoot it, then they would take, I would shoot it. That was just something for them to I would use shoot to them. turn it into something yeah. bigger. That's so for instance, they would buy 150 kilos from me mm -hmm. for maybe like 25,000. They would, I would shoot it all the way up to the border and they would jump it over and sell it for like 38 to 42. Mm -hmm. So, and then they were getting so many and wanted to me to meet more people. Mm -hmm. They wanted me to meet basically like the Scarface of Canada. They're right. like, we found another golden child. Yeah. You know, I was like, oh, wow. Now I'm doing both. And I don't want to be Escobar. Yeah. I'm a skateboarder surfer. I want right. to sell weed. You know right, what I'm saying? Right, right. And they kind of like pushed it on me to help them wire transfer their money. Mm -hmm. And then it just became something bigger than itself, you know? And so, um, right. So that was your charges, man. You had money laundering. You had uh, uh, cannabis trafficking charge. Yeah. And what else? Was that was it? That, that was it? All yeah. Right. What's the, what's the um, amount? And, and then what's, in, what's, in the end, it was 1,800 pounds. Right. And then I don't even know the amount of money laundering. So the day of sentencing, okay. the government tried to come in and they said, oh, um, my lawyer brought me down some papers and, and I had all these scribbled notes mm -hmm. from like uh, journals, right? Mm -hmm. And it was more of like just uh, money. Ledger money. Who yeah, ledgers. Right. And so they turned a ledger that was a money ledger. They said it was pounds. Mm -hmm. So I was on the books for 1,800. Mm -hmm. So now all of a sudden they're like, oh, it says 14,000. Dude, they came in and said to the judge, oh, we want to charge him now with 14,000 <laughs> as opposed to 1,000. And it was fourteen thousand dollars or something. Yeah, like that. bro. And yeah. the judge and the, my my lawyer came and told me that through a fucking gate, like an hour before being sentenced. Wow. And I was like, no, 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 no. Like yeah. that is not a pound. Yeah. And he's like, well, that's what they're gonna start off with. That's what they're. And the judge, thank God, he said, you know what? I'm going with what he signed, oh. and I signed a plea agreement. And so um, eventually then the, then the government came in and said, hey, this guy's the leader 
and they called it a um, inner transnational organized crime. Right. Right. Wow. And so um, they said, we want him uh, to get like an extra four points. So on top of your 32, then it becomes a 36. So I think like a 40 or 42 is 30 years okay. or life. So as you start to approach, you know, those higher numbers, like mm -hmm. a 40, you're looking at like a 20, 25 year sentence. sentence. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. So shit, man. So, um, and so I look, you know, I kicked it with people there mm -hmm. that had like crack in their hand this much, bro. Like, and I was like, what'd you get? 25 years. But dudes could have like 10 kilos and get 25 years. Right. Like, how does it even make any sense? Sensing guidelines back then, man. That's just yeah. crazy, man. So, so basically, so, so you, so you get sentenced to eight years. No, uh, uh, my original sentence was 11 years, 11, six, okay. six months. Yeah. Right. Just under 12. And, and where did you end up doing your time at? So uh, I was sentenced in Atlanta and then I served most of it in um, what's called Terminal Island. Okay. Uh, San Pedro, right. not far from here. And um, it's in LA County. Okay. How much time you spend in Atlanta? Um, I think it was about 19 months. Okay. And then some I did at like the, uh, the castle. Okay. And it was right. funny, like when they would let us out to the yard, you'd see a bunch of like roaches of weed on the ground. Mm -hmm. And it was like my first time in prison. You know, I was like, damn, look at the yard. They got like roaches right. out. Of, you know what I mean? Yeah, like they're still up out. there, you right. know? Right. And then now I think they have the camp across the street where people get cell phones and all sorts of stuff, you oh, know? Oh. Yeah, so it, it first, time, first time offender. Yeah. You're sentenced to 11 years. You know what I mean? No slap on the wrist. No, no, no. We're going to give him a, a suspended sentence and give him some probation. You know what I mean? Yeah. 11 years. Yeah. I know that shit was crazy. Yeah, even like when I made it back from sentencing, mm -hmm. the guard, and they maybe do it to everybody, I don't know. And they, he said, hey, um, do you want to go back to what's called the shoe or the hole? Uh -huh. Because you're so emotional. Yeah. Of the time that you just got, or do you want to go to like general population? Right. Are you okay? And yeah. and I was like, oh no, I'm I'm fine. Just shoot me back, you know. Like I, I don't need to be in like solitary confinement thinking <laughs> yeah. about right. you know what I mean? But about when you first eleven years. Right. When yeah. you first get it, like mm -hmm. looking forward, it's so much time. Mm -hmm. But once you're halfway in it, you're like, Oh, it's nothing, you know? Right. And then once you're at like, oh, I'm at like six months, eight months, it almost just felt like like it wasn't anything, you know? Yeah. After 11 years, what year did you start to paint? So I probably started painting in maybe like, uh, maybe 2015 or mm -hmm. somewhere like that, 14, something, uh, you know? When you, when, when you, you got out again? I got out in um, 2000, must have been 18 or 19. I guess it was 18. 18. Yeah, so it's, it's going on like three years right now. Oh, okay. But um, so... In, in in the in the feds, you have like case managers and mm -hmm. counselors, and every three months they'll just randomly call you in, and they're like, "Are you programming?" And right. you're like, "What's programming?" Right. And that's where you're taking classes, right? Mm -hmm. and, and they're like, "No thanks." Yeah. Like, I'm not cool with people that put me here, right? You know what I mean? And right. like, no, I'm not gonna take your classes and mm -hmm. program. And he's like, "Well, you know, it looks better on your file, mm -hmm. and I need you to program." And so I was like, man, I guess I got to take a class. And I happened to notice there was oil painting. And then um, everybody was trying to verify that the dude 
painting the class wasn't a sex offender because right. I was like who's the dude teaching he was an inmate mm-hmm. and I was like I don't know you know and then that dude was even like trying to explain the crime and he was like oh I'm here for fraud and everyone's trying to check his papers right. and you just don't know he, mm-hmm. even like a class like I can't take a class it's a business class mm-hmm. and have like um, a sex offender be the teacher, the teacher right. I'm not gonna do it you know right. and so um, then I started seeing the guy was like oh you could put your name on a list and, and you could get a hobby locker where you could mm-hmm. order paint and brushes oh, and canvas. So then I did that and I was like, and I just stuck with it. And I painted for like six years. Other than so that I went was basically to the like a commissary item you could put on there? Yeah, it was somewhat commissary. Mm-hmm. It had to go through your like monthly total. Wow. But they had what's the hobby shop. You'd fill out your form and you would turn it in and you could spend $300. That that would be something good that um, we need to do with the last prisoner project. Oh, for sure, yeah. That's something that we can, when um, you know, when we had Dante on here, you know, the hygiene stuff. By art supplies? Is is by art supplies. It's something that we can can add on there. Oh, incredible, yeah. No, it's huge for people to be uh, out of that mind and, you know, be able to be creative while while they're still there. And so, you know, while I was there, and to kind of like inspire people, I have inmates that hit me up all the time and mm-hmm. say, you know, like, you know, you're out there making a way for yourself. You're now you're self-made. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm out here as a as a felon and I'm mm-hmm. afraid like all I have is, you know, these jobs that they don't want yeah. or jobs where you're going to get like a background check and they're yeah. scared, yeah. you know, and they're like, hey, man, you're like proof that, you know, you can still get out of prison and make a way, you know, yeah. and use and, your creative ability and, and just be a creative and, and, and earn off of that, man. That, that, that's big, man. Or even just to knock down that stigmatism of I'm a felon. Mm-hmm. There's no opportunity for me. Yeah. Right. No, that's yeah, true too. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah. people say that all the time that like, oh, that's, you know, it's inspiring whether they want to be a painter mm-hmm. or whether they're an electrician. They're just saying, you know, like, Man, like, I appreciate it. Like, a lot of people, they're not going back yeah. to, like, you know, slanging again. Right. So you got, you, the art, you got the art supplies, man, and, 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 and just, yeah, just paint the picture for a minute for me. You know what I mean? Like, you, you, you're, you're, you're out there in the pod in front of everybody, and you just fucking painting, and just everybody's just out there just tripping off of it, right? Yeah, no, for sure. So um, it's almost like uh, like anybody... Like uh, maybe like say it's an one of my athlete. favorites right here, man. The Starbucks. Yeah, this right one's here. a real popular. Like yeah, uh, that's no. a. We, we, yeah. need, we need to put a, a circle Sometimes cannabis, I, cannabis co logo right there, man, and, and put her in some a Birkin orange. Exactly. Uh, so this yeah. one I do remix for brands. Okay. Like if other brands have stores, then I blot yeah, out. Man, tell uh, them. Tell them your uh, information and, and and your Instagram, your new Instagram, your yeah. Instagram page, man. So, let, uh, let them know, man, so they can order your artwork. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. As you see here on the set, is his incredible artwork. So, yeah, yeah. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. So recently, um, my original, I had an Instagram, and unfortunately, like a couple weeks ago, it was hacked. So now I'm trying to like build. Yeah. We're going to call it Build and Destroy. We're yeah. coming back. You know, give them a new Instagram, give them yeah. the websites, award, yeah. your so artwork. Nor- normally I go as the art alias is like Sinister Monopoly, mm-hmm. right? And so th- that account was taken over. Mm-hmm. So now I use Sinister Monop. Sinister so there's Monop. a little bit abbreviated. You know, if anybody knows how to get the account back, you know, let me know. But yeah, for man, now, we're, on the show, we're just uh, we're trying to get, you know, just start. We're we'll start fresh and right. we're building that sinister monopoly account uh, up, man. So everybody, uh, all the smoke with me uh, followers, 
Winter Circle followers, everybody who follows our movement, man. Hit, yeah. hit up. We're going to put it on the screen, man. Jose's going to put it on the screen, man. Uh, at Sinister Monop. This is a new you. account. And give them the website, too, man, for the uh, art. Yeah, so I'm not the best at, like, getting my website super dialed in. It's okay. always, like, a work in progress. But you can go to SinisterMonopoly.com. Okay. Or even, you know, like, prior to my, my account getting hacked, I sometimes have people that help me through my messages. Mm -hmm. But they can reach me on, like, Instagram. And, okay. and, and I do, like, communicate with people. Oh, and wow. people say... Oh, you know, I have this vision of my brand and mm -hmm. can the guy be doing this and in this front of this car or this person? And, you know, we, we work on a basis where, you know, if I, uh, there's no timeline and I can fit it in and maybe I have like three or four custom paintings I'm mm -hmm. working on like this month. You know, if you hit me up, I said, oh, well, maybe at the end of September yeah. I could start yours because right yeah. now I'm doing like three or four. Wow. People don't realize sometimes yeah. when you build an original painting, yeah. the process, they think you just paint it the one shot. Uh, but you uh, know, it requires like three to four painting, you know, coats. Mm -hmm. You have to eventually get to where you want to go. And right. so sometimes you could put in a few weeks, you know, and. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people want to add their brand, like, oh, let me do that. And they act yeah, like I can do it yeah, in an hour. That's that's a big point, though, man. You can yeah. get your own Sinister Monopoly custom pieces made. Yes. You know what I mean? Follow him. Hit his website. Thank um, you, guys. DM him, man, and you can get your own custom pieces made. So, you know, you pick the skills up um, while you're in the feds, man. You're, 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 you're honing your skills. You get, you know, you, you're developing these designs, man, and then take us from there, man. What so, next? yeah, I eventually I've kind of did some like forward thinking, you know, before I was released uh -huh. and people, I think, would like, you know, I rubbed people the wrong way. Let's say you're an inmate and you approach me like, man, can you make me something? Right. I, I would tell them no. Yeah. And then they started like rumor around the yard. Oh, that guy's saying he's an asshole because mm -hmm. he shut me down on making a painting. Yeah. So I'm kind of like like that. And so but. I told myself I was going to make a run as yeah. a painter when I got out and I already had all those. So I'm sitting in like a halfway house in Watts. And, and the funny thing is it's called Marvin Gardens, Ooh. which is a monopoly <laughs> thing. Uh, wow. And then you got to give them even like 20% of your paycheck when you're at Marvin Gardens. Wow. And right. I remember having like a monopoly, a bank account already. Mm -hmm. And they were like Marvin Gardens, monopoly. like what's going on right here? You know? And, uh, it, it was a trip. Even the, um, the halfway house uh, stopped me from doing art shows. Mm -hmm. I'd have to get permission. Right. And I did like one or two. And my counselor was like, how'd it go? I was like, man, it went good. I sold some stuff. Like, I didn't know I wasn't so, supposed so to tell you, him. So you're in the halfway house. Yeah. So, so okay. So you get out. Your art's popping. You I'm already up. doing like two art shows. You, you, like you two got, weeks you got out. Yeah. Popping, man. You're in the right. fucking halfway house. You're not even all the way fucking free yet. And you're doing pop-up art shows. You got lines out the door. People don't even know. Do they even know you, you still halfway down there in custody at this point? No, like nobody really knows, but they're like starting to hear or they see it where right. they're purchasing it and they're like digging it. And then, you know, so, and I was like, wow, interesting. And then, so one time the dude at the halfway house goes, hey man, you can't go. Um, this tattoo place was doing like a local art exhibit uh -huh. at the building next door. They rented the building next door and they were going to have a thing and some bands and stuff. And they asked me to have like a bunch of art. And my counselor goes, Oh no, because we're considering that you're owning your own business. And mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I was like, wow, you're trying to get me acclimated back into society. Right. 
And you're telling me I but can't won't let go me be here. a functioning member of it. That's crazy. That's, so yeah, so then I was like, well, let me fill out my farm so I can go buy like clothes over here at the mall and I'm gonna get a pass to go to fucking church. And I finagled my way and went to the tattoo show. <laughs> you know what I mean? And like did whatever, but you'd have to call them when you get somewhere. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm at the mall right now. Yeah, I'm looking for my shoes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking for my Stacey Adams. And then you gotta have like receipts. Yeah. Like, oh, I bought these. And so I would yeah. tell my pops. Prove that you were there. I would tell my pops, hey man, run over here and give me a business card. <laughs> Across town, I'm yeah. going over here. Mm-hmm. Dope, man. Dope, Shots man. on how to move when you're in the halfway yeah. house. Shots on how to move. Moving in, moving in the halfway house. So shit, man. You, so 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 you, you so you get out, man. You got the art popping, popping. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know. Uh, I think more than anything, people like the story, like the yeah. like the yeah, culture yeah, and the yeah. genre. Yeah. It's not so much that I'm a, a great painter. Like mm-hmm. it's the story. Yeah. Is, you know, people appreciate and they feel like maybe I'm dealt an injustice. Right. And then some people use, oh, this is a legend, like to pioneer. Like to pave the way for where people are at today, you know. Right, like, right. so I mean, the, the, the it's way not I, so much that I'm a good yeah. artist, but that's I mean, it. The, yeah. the way I look at it, man, anybody who went and, and did their time, and didn't tell on anybody, kept that shit solid, man. You know, what I mean, you need to be celebrated, man. Well, you know, what I mean, that's why we like that. that you're really, yeah, I think people even bought really my art person. because of that. Yeah, really you know good, what I'm saying? Just to represent it, like, yeah, good. Beside, beside the point that you're really good human being, man. A really yeah. good artist. I mean, shit, man. Like these dudes can't even keep it solid over over traffic violation. Yeah, so. you watch it on first forty-eight. <laughs> they fold in a minute. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, you know, you know what I mean. So you know, you definitely have have taken the art world by storm. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, um, you know, I like the cannabis influences, man. Most definitely. You know, um, I like to get out there and just be disruptive and like, yeah. you know, just I, I want to be like synonymous with cannabis when you think of. You know, brands like a, a Cypress Hill or a Snoop or, mm-hmm. you know, when anything with your guys' brands, you know, yeah. I want people to know, like, as a painter, like, oh, that's like a Cheech and Chong type of painter, yeah. you know? For sure. I mean, you do murals. I know you've done murals on dispensaries. I mean, you, you're working on some for us, but, you know, I know you, you also, that's another thing that you do is you do murals, mm-hmm. um, you do billboards. Um, you know what I mean? You, you do uh, cannabis related it, stuff. To me, it's like, uh, I want to get, it's, my, it's what I do, right? And I, mm-hmm. I always want to like be grateful. Mm-hmm. So I try to say like, man, even though I might not be like making my old trap money, you uh-huh. know, but I still want to just be grateful and say, well, at least, you know, I can take today off. I can go to the beach. I'm self-made. I don't got to go work a job because I'm a felon. It's right. some labor or some shit I don't want to yeah. do. That's a good you know, point. and yeah. I just, you know, and I'm just out here, whatever, like um, pushing, pushing forward, you know, yeah. like everybody. Right. And <clears throat> so, yeah, man. So, um, you know, uh, you know, uh, your story really is definitely one that, you know, for, for somebody to come from, you know, basically pretty humble beginnings, man, like, and, and, and take it to where you took it to, man, 14 states, you know, mixing and moving, you know, eating off 14 different plates, man, 14 plates, 14 states, Yeah, man. right, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Eventually, the day I was arrested, I did have, it was three airplanes active at that okay. point. Okay, shit. Yeah, it, it grew. Moving. 
Okay. Yeah, it grew. So you had you three know? planes. Yeah. And what, it started with the one. Did the pilots ever tell? Oh, the yeah, bro. The yeah. pilot, I was at like fucking, I was trying to maneuver and uh, I was in Chicago when it wrapped and I was like, where'd everybody go? I called this a lawyer and he, he punched up a bunch of names. Yeah. Boom. I seen dude was on an indictment. And eventually he popped up on me and he called me and I was like, bro, you're on this indictment. Like, what's mm-hmm. going on? And he's like, oh, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> and I was like, for real? Because he was supposed to land in Detroit. I'm good, right? Yeah. And I was like, well, where's the pack? He had 400. Uh-huh. And he was like, oh, the plane broke down and I wheeled it to Chicago. I'm here now. And I was like, what you mean you wheeled it? Like, what you, where's the 400? And he's right. like, oh, man, I pulled it at this mechanic shop. And he had this weird stories, right? And so my family uh, knew of another dude who got picked up in Chicago. That dude gave word to his wife, who then called my family and said, hey, the pilot's in custody. And that was like a double down. So Mm -hmm. my family called me and was like, yo, we call the pilot OG. Uh, OG's in custody. And I was like, okay, okay. Right. And then so dude hits me up. And at this point, I, my passport was in Atlanta. Uh-huh. And I was in Chicago. I wheeled it from Chicago. I had a dude drive me. So in case we got pulled over, I yeah. wasn't driving. I pull up in, in Midtown trying to grab my um, passport. And um, <clears throat> as I'm um, like, I guess I... I guess I'm, I'm even kind of lost now. I'm leaving Chicago. Where are we headed with this one again? Man, I gosh, these stories, they're just never. Nah, ended. man, you, you, you said um, you was, uh, uh, said you was. Try, I was trying to chase yeah, my passport. Get your passport. Oh, because the, because the pilot been cracked. Right. Yeah. So, and, and I knew, and he I said told, he didn't tell, but he. Yeah. Might, and yeah. he was like, I'm willing to keep going. Cause he was supposed to, yeah, I had a plan. He was supposed to go to Detroit, Chicago, like Atlanta, New York. Right. And so that was like boy, his whole was, thing. He was working the hell yeah. out of that boy. And, and it was just like the boy, 400. Stops, boy. But some of that Shit. was just to get like money and stuff, right? And so he's like, I can and still. And picking up bread too? Yeah, yeah. And then sometimes we refer to it as just wheel it if you're right. not going to have the air. So you might land in Atlanta and it's a hub, but I might just wheel work down to North Carolina. Yeah, you might get a car and shit. Why jump the plane from yeah. Atlanta to North Carolina where you just wheel it, you know? Oh, yeah. And so we do stuff like that. Shout out to North Carolina and Greensboro. Oh, yeah. Ripping the Shout out when to I first Carolinas, got baby. Yeah. Shout out to Carolinas. Carolinas. Still lovely to Carolinas. So, uh, so um, I go to get my passport. And then I remember having all these phones. And I had another house in Lake Lanier. And it was, I used to love that place, man. It was so much fun. I had a boat on the thing. And beautiful so i go there and the pilot like i remember driving super far away and calling him and he answers and i was like so what's going down and i already knew but he he was in custody but he was answering the phone and i was like how are you answering the phone i was kind of like calling him and i started telling him because before this he used to say oh i'm military i was in um uh, what's that like Rambo shit like Green Beret uh, he was like I got ice in my veins I'll never fold <laughs> like, he used to tell me that when he would pick up the packs and shit you know and I'll be like okay cool man he said he'd never you. fold until that pressure hit up. yeah I'm pressure Green Beret hit. I'm Green Beret <laughs> numbers hit yeah and then so he tells me on the phone when I told him that I called him out like I thought we had something yeah. where you you don't do this to people mm-hmm. and he was like oh man 
they took my wife into custody and they were booking her mm -hmm. and I'm just trying to help myself. And he goes, so I'm out on an OR. And I was like, oh, really? Uh -huh. You're overcognizant, huh? <laughs> yeah. On a trafficking charge. <laughs> yeah, right. on a, yeah right. a, a pilot that's okay. already been under investigation for 10 months. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, uh, and that's when I was like in Lake Lanier and I was like, hey man, okay then. And I, I remember taking that phone and I was like in some shitty mall and I just threw it out the window and said, my life is fucked. You know what I'm saying? Like right. it's over, you know? And by then it was a matter of just trying how underground, I already was somewhat underground because my house had already been pre-rated with the criminal complaint. Right. Now it's official where the crew is like falling and oh. now the pilot like, so my world is at, you know, coming to an end. And I remember even owing the plug, I think like six million. And they're like, what can you turn in right now? And I was like, bro, sorry to say, like I'm turning in nothing. I'm, on the <laughs> like, like, I'm not like trying to take your money, but like, like, I don't know where, what where, the where, fuck's going on. And I was like, hey, can you get me over into your, you know, yeah, into Canada? Into Canada yeah. And so I was actively researching um, uh, Guadalajara mm -hmm. or Canada because I was still getting like the dudes that were giving me the birds. Mm -hmm. He they ran like per certain parts of Sinaloa and like you could have anything. You could have a stolen car down there yeah. and you're gonna get pulled over and it's nothing. He's like, what do you want? Go through Texas and they're like giving me the rundown right. and, and you know before you know it and these cats in Atlanta. Um, I had them rent me a place. I want to, what's the mountains out there? There's a mountain area. Stone Mountain. Stone Mountain. Mm -hmm. So I got a crib in Stone Mountain. Bro, like, and the goo comes to pick me up early. It's like, he comes at midnight and it's literally like two or three. He's like, let's just leave now. Mm -hmm. And I was going to go to JFK mm -hmm. and take a PJ to like out of the country because I had my, my um, passport. But I thought, man, I'll take a PJ out of New York or some shit, right? Mm -hmm. Dude, I leave this Stone Mountain place. And these fuckers got an APB on the red truck that dude drove me in. And they go to the Stone Mountain house and they're literally like, it's like pouring like cereal out on the ground. I heard mm -hmm. like they're literally like an hour behind me. Wow. And because the dude in the, in the truck, he eventually drops me off at like his one of his houses. Mm -hmm. And he calls me and goes, bro, they pulled me over. And they went to the Stone Mountain. He's like, there's an APP on my car. And I'm like, Dang. what the fuck, you know? Right. And so um, I eventually called this other girl that I knew and she didn't even know that I was like a trapper. Like I told her I was a real estate type dude. <laughs> and she was like, well, I'm in St. Louis, but my neighbor has the key to my house. Mm. You can, you know, go there and I'll be back in a few days. And right. so I just hung out there and I tried to actively like plan my my country or where I was yeah. moving. Uh -huh. And then eventually it? like GBA or GBI and mm -hmm. every, every organization, bro, the IRS, the fucking DEA, the every government, um, Homeland security rolled up on me, helicopters, you know, the whole entire oh, works. Right. Yeah. To where right. I was in, um, uh, what was it? It's like Fair Fairville or something. Fayetteville, like, something like that is where the Fayetteville. actual house was. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. So man, um, shit, man. I, I know you got. Give me, give me one of your craziest stories from the feds, man. Give me, give me one of your craziest stories from the feds. <laughs> craziest that, stories. And 
Was you eating spreads? Give, give me, give me, give, what, what was your, what, what was your solid meal that you ate, man? I pretty much don't even go to the chow hall because okay. it makes it feel like you're incarcerated. Right. Like my, I make my own meal. It feels like I'm just with you and we're the homie every day. Yeah, like yeah. I'm not going to the chow hall to look at people like sex offenders yeah. and shit, you know? So I definitely almost never even went, right? Other than it was like a special meal, like, oh, they got fucking chicken patty. It's the yeah. good one. <laughs> you know? But other than that, I don't really go. Okay. But, um, you know, like, I, I don't know that there's, uh, let me try to think of some stories. Maybe um, an an interesting one was like, uh, you know, I I ran with like my race when I first pulled up at at Terminal Island Mm -hmm. and there was a dude who was kind of like a Bernie Madoff Mm -hmm. out on the streets and he was like claiming to have stock investments, but he would take your money and he would go buy a Ferrari with it. Uh You know, and so, yeah. And so he started running this on me in prison Mm -hmm. and I didn't realize it. And he was coming up on Christmas time and he had like two or three kids and he's like, make my kid this painting, make my kid that painting. Mm-hmm. I got you on commissary. Before you know it, I'm doing my thing and I'm fucking making the paintings, getting them out to his family before Christmas. Yeah. Now he owes me like 1200 or 1400 and in prison. It's a lot of money. And I was like, hey, you know, like how much commissary list can I make you? Right. So when people owe you in prison, they buy you groceries. Yeah. And you say, give me a store list. And so he owes me 1200 And he's like, I said, how much of a store list? He's like, make me one for 40 And I was like, the 40 Like, what, <laughs> what am I yeah. going to do with 40 yeah. You know what I'm saying? This same person was, he didn't have swag. So he was a corny, yeah. right? And in order to fit in, he was purchasing fucking drugs around the yard from uh, even other races, mm. like the Amigos and stuff, right? <laughs> And he was giving it to the uh, to the whites to try to fit in more. Yeah. Like he came in originally, his shorts were high. And then all of a sudden he's sagging and his socks are pulled, pulled up, up to the uh, knees. And now he's like a gangster look yeah. when really he's like a corporate dude mm. who's in a new environment trying to be a chameleon. Mm. And so he hits me off. And at the same time, he has a drug debt mm. with other races. And I can't take it anymore. Mm. You know, when you owe me this much money, I have to like act on it. Mm-hmm. And so me and him start to like, you know, fight about it. And we're in like a small TV room with like, f- like four of us. Yes. And um, so then it's like my cell is an actual jail cell where you have the bars and I'd have an inmate mm-hmm. and my cell like steps off into my TV room. I had it really good. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I, we had like two TVs and we listened to headsets. And so me and him start to get into it. And then his cell is on my block mm-hmm. and he's in my TV room too. And there's only like four of us. So now it's like, we just fight about it. And I feel like I don't even want to be around this person mm-hmm. no more. And it's like, when you wreck your car, it's never the same. Mm-hmm. You could fight about it or try to figure it all out. And there's no cameras in this prison really, mm-hmm. other than like at the guards tower. And we're on the third floor. Mm-hmm. So you can like, do anything with anybody mm-hmm. and you're never going to go to the shoe and whatever. Right. And so one, um, one of the homies comes to me like a South sider and they come to my cell and they're like, Hey man, I heard you're trying to move. And I was like, yeah, cause I don't want to be on this block no more. 
because dude's in my fucking thing and he owes everybody and like mm. fuck this dude and and he was like well we got like two or three empty and you can you know run with us mm. and so i was like huh you know and i was like i respect that and i was like maybe i'll come down to your tv room later and so they have like same thing they got like three tvs but they got a bigger room maybe there's like 14 homies in that room mm. And I go in and I said, I'll come down and I sit down and every unit has a shock holler mm -hmm. because when they come in, if a sex offender comes into your jail cell, mm -hmm. you might tell Haas like, yo, he's the shock holler. Right. Like, yo, this dude's a shock. And you go talk to the people and you're like, yo, man, you need to get the fuck out and we're not going to hurt you, mm -hmm. but you can't be over here and you need to find a place to go. And so there's people like navigate it, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, um, I went and I was in the, sh the TV room with these dudes and like, man, we looked you up. We know you're good. And I already been in the prison for maybe a year, a couple right. of years, whatever. Right. And they, they do put his arms out and said, you know, you're with us. You're our family. You know, like, you know, like we got you. And I was like, man, that's love, bro. Mm -hmm. And it just like was tripping to me. Right. And so I said, let me think about it, you yeah. know. And I went back and then the other dudes were coming at me going, well, hey, man, we're thinking we'll just squash everything if you guys get out and do like some burpees. And but they couldn't regulate people like even dude had like a five or ten thousand dollar debt right. to another race. You normally take them and you beat them up in the shower, like below the head mm -hmm. and you regulate your people because they don't do that. You right. know, and right. so um. I thought about it and, there, and, and then I said, oh, you know what, I'm going to I'm going to roll with these cats over here. They got an open cell around the corner mm -hmm. and um, and uh, they seem cool. And then the, the whites were like, oh, that's not good. Don't do that, man. And I was like, man, it's just not the same. Like, I got to do me right. <laughs> and roll. And I, I remember once I uh, started hitting like the yard, the rack and everything. And we play softball. I would play on the White Sox. And now I'm on the Dodgers. Like people wouldn't even look me in the eye no more. And then eventually, as time went on, and I was like a Southsider in there for a few years, mm -hmm. everyone else realized like, oh, it's the one white dude that's with them. And, <laughs> and, and, and it kind of just kind of like dissipated. Yeah. But it was something that, you know, I had to experience almost like a in a high school way, like everyone like got rid of me because I wasn't mm -hmm. in that crowd, right. like the cool crowd. But then I had to go another route and you know, but so eventually what that kid did that owed all the money, uh -huh. he did what's called the check-in in prison. And you put um, what they call a letter, but we call it a kite. And you put it in on yourself and you say that like you're in harm or someone's out to get you. And then the guards will just show oh, up at your PC, cell. Yeah. yeah. And so the guards just showed up at his cell one day and then he never comes back to the yard. He uh -huh. goes to like the shoe. And then they move them to like another Take prison, like in a whole other yard. Uh -huh. And then, and then that's how these dudes room is they, they rip yeah. off people and go to the next place. And, you know, it's like a net, everyone's a mark yeah. sometimes in society, uh -huh. you know, like they don't know how to like not rip certain people off, yeah. you know? So, yeah, man. So, so, you know, Again, you know, like, you know, one of the main things we like to do with the platform, man, is 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 kind of shine light on the positive things you've done. Facts. You know what I mean? So And the journey. Yeah. The yeah. Journey. We, we definitely we definitely well, well, talked about the journey, man. You know, yeah. so so let let's shine the light on, you know, you know, you you've definitely uh, you know, been through some negative things in your life and you know, you've come out on top. So let's shine shine the light on some of the positive things that you're doing now.
And then, you know, one thing to touch on in that aspect is something that like I kind of, I learned from you because as I'm getting like acclimated back in is I didn't, I wasn't aware of some of like the nonprofits that are out there today trying to help people that have fallen like myself, like cannabis, you know, nonprofits. Right. And so, you know, I'm I'm trying to get involved with those people. I want to do what I can. And maybe there's people that watch your, um, you know, the today's show don't don't always know, you know, Mm -hmm. like sometimes people think like, in prison, like they don't give you like shoes, they don't give you shampoo. Yeah, you know they don't. Sometimes they'll get, they'll feed you, but the food might not be good. So mm-hmm. you could go to bed hungry, mm-hmm. and you all it could be is like a, a seventy five cent, a dollar fifty soup. Yeah, you know what I mean. Where hey, you know you can get with one of these nonprofits, or they can have someone that they're trying to help them get out, man. Like yeah. well, and he well, wants well, to file def- a motion. Yeah. Well, we definitely, and and I'm glad you brought that up, man. We had Dante, uh, Dante West on here Mm -hmm. a couple episodes ago. Shout out my brother, Dante, man. Um, he works with, uh, his brand actually West, uh, part of the proceeds from his brand goes to hygiene and to, to prisoners, stuff like that. So, you know, I want to get you a part of that program. You know what I mean? Um, last prisoner project is also somebody that we can put you in contact with, but, um, we want to put you uh, definitely, uh, you know, get you in contact with them. Man. I love it. I love Let's it. Just yeah. speak on a few. You want things. to encourage yeah. people to be like, look out for those that have fallen. Write them letters. You know, put twenty bucks on their book. Accept yeah. a phone call. Like it means a huge thing. When I would wait in the mail line, mm-hmm. and maybe I'm getting a letter. It comes on the mail list. Or, oh, yeah. you got mailed it in. I was like, oh man, cool. Yeah. And it just means those little things that, that are get huge. Get yeah, even like a pen pal, you know, yeah. like the, it's it's those things. But um, uh, there's just a lot of things that we got to bring awareness to, like with the cannabis. And, and you you sparked that in me. And, and I always knew leaving that I wanted to be a, a charitable person. And if I can somehow be involved, like even tomorrow I'm working with another organization. Yeah, that's uh, similar. Sure. Wait, yeah tell me about that. Or- so tell us about th- that this one's called Freedom Grow. All right, shout out Freedom uh, Grow, man. Freedom Freedom Green, Green. Yeah. We'll, put, we'll put their information on the screen, man. And, um, yep. So they have a a good thing that they do, and they're 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 going to be at the Wisdom. It's the venue. It's the Wisdom. Okay. The secret session. Yeah, got going and on so it's, the it's within the culture. They have a lot of cannabis vendors there, yep. CBD vendors. They have cool NFT drops and yep. DJs. They have like performers, you know, rappers pull up. So they're just trying to, and they, and they sometimes do it twice a month. So they um they work with Freedom Grow, and they give them a booth. And what I do is I, I lace up like how we do here mm-hmm. is I bring our work down. I throw on my jumpsuit, my, wow. my superhero, my wow. orange, uh, my orange. Um, suit. I, I, my, I earn the stripes. Yeah. You know what <laughs> I mean? I got the stripes and I put on the joint orange suit and, and I sell our work there. And then if it, and if it, you know, um, people do purchase our work, I, I, I give back like 20% to their company. Nice. And, I, and I try to get people to sign up to be part of like freedom grow and just to bring awareness of, think it's like a couple hundred inmates and i think there's eight inmates total that have have life in prison right for cannabis can you imagine you know there's eight people that you know have life and and it's just messed up you know so um definitely want to bring awareness to that man definitely want to bring awareness to that um but yeah, man, it was it was it was a pleasure having you on, uh, Sinister Man. Man, my you know pleasure. I mean? All I, you guys. Uh, you yeah, know, man, that, you gotta have you gotta uh, 
put that story in the movie or something. Yeah, right, right, right. that's a movie we, right there. He actually yeah. worked on a script. We, right, yeah. we do have a script available. Oh, okay. sure. We have a script available. I was glued the whole time. Yeah. You know, I, I have like, so many yo. life experiences. I couldn't even divide it up. And I've even yeah, come we'll up be, with we'll all these other scripts. We're going to do a part two, yeah. man. Yeah, we're going yeah, 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 to need to do a part two, man. But it definitely was a pleasure having you on, man. definitely. Likewise. What you've done as far as, you know, your journey and what you've been through and and turned it into a positive you your artwork you know what i mean you working as a, a activist in cannabis yep. you're about to drop a cannabis brand you know you uh being very active in the community man you know so uh, it definitely was a pleasure having you Most on definitely. Man. Uh, smoke with me uh smoke with me show always yeah Third. 14 episode 14. episode 14, 14 yeah, man 14. yeah yeah 14. Right. episode yeah episode 14 smoke with me podcast and we out of here